I want to thank you for making my pillow 2.0 a huge success. Now I'm bringing it to you for the lowest price ever. Get a queen size for only $39.98 with your promo code. My pillow 2.0 is made with my patented adjustable fill. Plus, we've infused the fabric with our temperature regulating technology. You combine that with our brand new Mattress Topper 2.0, and I guarantee you, you get the best sleep of your life. It's the perfect time to get the MyPillow 2.0s for your friends, family, and everyone you know. They truly make the best Christmas gifts ever. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to save 50%. Get your queen size MyPillow 2.0, Regularly $79.96, now only $39.98, and king size just $5 more. From all of us at MyPillow, Merry Christmas and God bless. MyPillow.com Previously on The Pete Santilli Show. Thank you very much for uh, letting me come back every single day um, uh, to lead this effort uh, at the microphone anyways, because I got my one-way communicator and uh, so many of the uh, three-letter agencies seem to be just glued uh, to my every word. So I'm honored uh, to be stepping out uh, in front of our mob, torch-bearing by the way. to to put them on notice your worst day is yet to come seek shelter immediately it is a countdown right now uh to 2024 which is the year that we will outlaw uh communism forever i said we'd put them out for 50 years i say let's just make it permanent um uh, we will smoke these communists out of their caves uh, we will do so in the most important year uh, of, of uh, I would say, of our lives, definitely. Um, but I, I believe that 2024 is going to become even more important, more significant than 1776. 1776 uh, was just a little practice run, okay? Um, we've mastered the fine art of killing communism, and we are going to do it in 2024 dev jordan we have 15 seconds 15 seconds and guess what i'm gonna do i'm gonna do something very special here you ready say hello and good morning uh with your microphone on say it hello good morning hello and good morning how are you this morning i'm doing great this is the best way uh to kick off this morning you ready yeah you want to hear it yeah everybody pay attention all the way through because the most important message okay well it's all the way through but there's going to be something that takes place immediately after what you're about to hear all right Mm -hmm. stay all the way through listen to the words feel the passion the second amendment is not old and antiquated if you realize what it was derived from unalienable right to defend ourselves and we and we will all right so so a constitution okay centered on godly principles things that we were given uh 
we hold all of these truths to be self-evident. I mean, it is, it doesn't even require me to explain to those that oppose what we're about and what we're going to do and what we're upset about. It doesn't even require that. Mm -hmm. We were born with certain unalienable rights. And that doesn't just apply to Republicans or Christians. You know, if Christians stand up for your family, if you're an atheist and you live in a purple house um, and a bunch of Christians are wanting to protect uh, what you were born with, you have a right to speak out. You have to write or the right to come and go freely. You have a right mm-hmm. to defend yourself from uh, from predators. You, you have a right to be an atheist. And, and the government is kept at bay in the First Amendment, that, that, that no government shall ever infringe upon your right to believe whatever it is. And if you don't believe what I believe, guess what? You're not going to be harmed by me protecting your right to believe that and keep the government out of your, out of your home. Mm. No one's going to be harmed by our principles. But guess what? Ladies and gentlemen, when it gets to the point where each and every one of your families, if you're a grandmother or a great grandmother and and you're a dad or a mom, you personally have been impacted by this. Maybe you let, you know, we all fell asleep at the wheel and trusted those that would go and take the power that we give them. We consented by giving them the authority to protect our God-given rights. That's it. It's that simple, folks. Owen Schroyer. Yeah, good. Love you, brother. We knew that it was going to happen. I said, get back to work. Let's go, baby. (laughs) Right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, he has been released. And so Owen Schroyer will be back on the air. Now, he said on his Twitter feed that he would be talking to everyone today. Uh, we haven't been able to we haven't been able to hit the, to look to see if he's posted anything yet. Uh, but uh, congratulations Owen, you made it through it. You know, and he got out you know, listen, they say he got out because of uh, because of uh good behavior but check this out they punished him the whole time he was in there because they said he was exhibiting bad behavior i think that the reason they let him out because and i'm going to give matt gates and uh some of the uh some of the media alternative media big kudos here because they kept pressure on on uh, the judicial system because of what they did to Owen Schwarter. And and let me tell you, it was bad press. You send someone to prison, right? I mean, you send someone to prison like they did Pete, like they did the Bundys and all of the Bundy defendants. When that happens, there is a public outcry that cannot be dismissed. 
I'm excited to announce that we're having our biggest Christmas sale ever. You get our brand new six-piece My Towels for only $29.98. Or rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper as low as $99.99. Or how about MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98? There's something for everyone. Duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more. Well, I know MyPillow products make for the perfect Christmas gifts, so I'm going to extend my money-back guarantee until March 1st, 2024. So go to MyPillow.com now or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get huge discounts on all MyPillow products. For example, you get our six-piece towels for only $29.98 or get your very own MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98. It's our biggest Christmas sale ever. Get all your shopping done now while quantities last. I'm, I'm paraphrasing the, the declaration, but basically uh, I had a whistleblower and I have to protect this whistleblower's identity. It just, it's, it's crucial to this person, so I cannot represent, uh, give you any information on this person. But the, the whistleblower comes forth with verified medical records from Fort Riley, Kansas, for the year 2014, 2014, okay? Not 2019, not 2021, 2014. And in five different encounters, a, uh, a person who was stationed at Fort Riley went to a, to a uh, medical facility, and each of those five different encounters, they received what was listed in the medical records as uh, a COVID-19 immunization from Moderna, right? So Moderna COVID-19. Now this is the year 2014. So if this was an error, if their medical records were in error, that would mean that several people made the same mistake in the year 2014 and the same mistake referenced a vaccine that supposedly wasn't going to exist for another five, six years. Okay, it's been a while, too long. Uh, but then again, I always say this, uh, some of our most important guests, uh, and my next guest is certainly one of those, I always make sure, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, multiple tears. Anytime somebody like attorney Tom Rents uh, is putting information out, I always defer to a, the largest audience possible, and then we grab that information, bucket brigade style, and relay it. We've always done that. So, you know, for me to pursue him and, and keep him off of that track where he's talking to a broader audience is why so much time has passed and he's doing great work in Congress. Um, he is, he's going to hearings. We're going to hear about the most recent one, of course. Um, whistleblowers are coming forward uh, because he's a trusted, um, a, a trusted person to take information as an American attorney. He's a political commentator, an educator, advocate, he's a businessman, and everybody knows he is a patriot. Uh, he's gained international attention for his work-challenging pandemic, very kindly put, 
related policies and vaccine mandates and advocating for individual liberties, medical freedom, and informed choice. His legal expertise and relentless advocacy uh, have established him as a leading voice in the fight for our freedoms. And Tom Rents, it's been it's been a little while, and I also was speaking to you. You know, I'm not going to pester you, but we're relaying your information. I'll never forget, and I'll open up, first of all, by saying, welcome back to the Pete Santilli Show. Um, Glad to be here, Pete. It's been, it has been a while. I was really excited yeah. when Ashley reached out. It's, it's like, it has been a while, and, uh, <laughs> you know, I run around so much, sometimes I... Yeah, I just yeah, I forget to come back. I forget about who's doing what, and you know. But you got such a big reach, and you do such great work here. So I'm glad to be here. Yeah, and just know that when you put out something important, we're grabbing it, we're sharing it. And I'll give you an example. Um, you were on Alex Jones, and um, you had um, you'd gone over the Veritas uh, uh, DARPA releases declassified documents, and it was right at that time a perfect dot to connect with me because you know i'm establishing through my own research which i want everybody to do don't trust anything um listen to and read everything you can get your hands on and don't believe you know uh anything that you haven't researched yourself so that's what i do and so i was doing some dot connecting and then you threw me from i dated it all the way back to like September of 2019 before we could spell COVID. You know, I'm going into the Event 201 stuff and the April Haynes and the Wuhan lab leak and then the CIA disclosures recently. So this massive explosion of dots. And then that one right there just hit right at that moment where I was really nailing April Haynes, who, by the way, at the time she was in the room as a CIA person with George Gao, right, for Event 201. And now Biden comes in and he put her in charge as the uh, uh, the director of uh, national intelligence in charge of the Wuhan lab leak or the lab leak theory. I find that to be remarkable. But, sir, we keep rolling the clock back further and further and further as to how this, this COVID thing has come upon us. So I welcome you back. I had specific questions outside of what you've been speaking about, and I did want to get, um, and I want you to share with everybody right before we came on how powerful that that meeting was with Marjorie Taylor Greene that she assembled. And I'll tell you what, I, uh, uh, I've been critical of everybody, you know, all of our top personalities from Jim Jordan to, you know, I, all of them, uh, just, just because we are in a critical stage, we got to get things done. And it either seems like they're in way over their head or, or they're getting pushed aside or they're, some of them are getting bought off. Unfortunately, it just seems like that way. But Marjorie Taylor Greene, I just kind of chalked her up to that category of, of people. And you just solidified something about her having an open forum where you were not prevented from putting out valuable information that the public had to benefit from. And that was uh, something I wanted to talk about as well. So take it away. Let's, uh, if you don't mind, if we can center on, just because I've been talking about this, uh, th this bombshell revelation about the DARPA documents, and we're going back and forth, and you've dug in even further. Uh, but these, these revelations here from DARPA as to their aerosolization, uh, uh, and it was pinpointed around August of 2019 as to the document releases. But 
you're saying that they may have even been working on this thing prior to that. Explain that. Yeah, quite a bit prior to that. And I'll look forward to telling you about the MTG thing as well, because I'm with you. I've ripped everyone from Jim Jordan on down. Mm. Uh, but, you know, the thing about this is, Pete, is that the more I find about this whole COVID thing, uh, the more unbelievable it gets. And, you know, at some point, I have to trust the evidence that I find, right? I can submit this stuff to court. In fact, uh, it's interesting that you mentioned the CIA, because when I was just down in Washington, I told uh, Congresswoman Green's com group or committee down there that I said, you know, the CIA and the DOD were actively involved with the creation and the funding for the creation of SARS-CoV-2 and the vaccines. And we have an immense amount of data on this. So, you know, whether we look at the DARPA documents or other things, all these things are pointing to a timeline that is completely different than what happened. And, you know, you mentioned the CIA whistleblowers and you mentioned some of these other things. Those CIA whistleblowers came out not too far off the heels of this Veritas document that you're mentioning. Right. So every time the CIA gets implicated, they go out and do some damage control here, or damage control there. But ultimately, the reason I think that that's being done is that our national intelligence uh, uh, apparatus, I guess, was actively involved in this. We have uh, we have funding documents. I mean, you can go through the grants, right? You can see USAID. You can see all these different groups. Uh, you can see DOD grants all running through uh, to to Wuhan to EcoHealth. Um, we can see all sorts of different things that have happened, and then. One of the things that's really interesting and unique about this, and of course, you got David Martin's work on the patents, which are is great. I mean, David's done great works on the patents, and you know, I've looked a lot at that. And a lot of people have said, "Well, you know, why don't you push that further?" Well, David's done a great job of pushing it. Frankly, I didn't need to push it. And the other, there's another aspect to it, though. A patent is evidence that something can be done, but not evidence that it was done. So we wanted, you know, I've been working to try and get a little bit more to essentially verify what David had been theorizing, because I think his his evidence is re remarkable. Well, that came that came to head here recently. One of the things that we did and Pete, I put my name on a declaration under penalty of perjury for this. Right. So I gave to, to Congresswoman Green in the presentation that I gave her. Uh, a series of documents, and I said under penalty of perjury, I included a declaration that said that, you know, I had done the due diligence that I feel necessary, uh, that I feel appropriate to ensure that the documents were uh, proper and could be could be used as evidence, right? And I'm, I'm paraphrasing the, the declaration, but basically, uh, I had a whistleblower and I have to protect this whistleblower's identity. It just it's it's crucial to this person, so I cannot represent uh, give you any information on this person. But the, the whistleblower comes forth with verified medical records from Fort Riley, Kansas, for the year 2014, 2014. Okay, not 2019, not 2021, 2014, and in five different encounters. A, uh, a person who was stationed at Port Riley went to a, to a uh, medical facility, and each of those five different encounters, they received what was listed in the medical records as uh, a COVID-19 immunization from Moderna, 
right? So Moderna COVID-19. Now this is the year 2014. So if this was an error, if their medical records were in error, that would mean that several people made the same mistake in the year 2014, and the same mistake referenced a vaccine that supposedly wasn't going to exist for another five, six years. Five different times, this person got a COVID-19 immunization from Moderna. I redacted the documents. I've got the full record. I know what it is. I know where it's at. Uh, we Obviously, we have to protect it. And, uh, you know, under attorney-client privilege, I will. Right. I, I will not disclose any more about that. But I was I was confident enough to present it in, a, in testimony before a group of Congress people and with my name on a declaration under penalty of perjury, which if you know anything about what lawyers do, lawyers don't put their name on anything. They have someone else put their name on it. I actually put my name on this because I'm that confident. And I believe that this disease, and according to our eco-health case that we have going on up in New York and everything else, you know, we believe that this virus was created in or maybe even before the mid-20-teens. We believe it was part of a bioweapons development program. Remember the gain of function and bioweapons development are, are the exact same thing. It's just gain of function is supposed to be done so that you can create a vaccine and bioweapons development is supposed to be done so that you can kill people, right? Mm -hmm. So now, now your declaration, if I could just interject here, just to overemphasize. So that tells me that, you know, you had a whistleblower. He's a client of yours. He's um, said certain things that happened to him in the military. Then he corroborated it with the documentation. Then he's factualizing everything. And you yep. said, I've listen to him it's not hearsay it's not conjecture it's not speculative it's 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 not conspiracy theory i saw the documents to match up with what he claimed and you signed off on that and said i have this witness and it's legitimate even more even more i know where those documents came from oh geez i i can track the source i can track how they were received um so the, the i've personally done everything i can to verify that chain of custody mm -mm. and uh to my mind uh, you know but for the fact that i cannot do so because i have to protect the the individual right i would i would have no hesitation about submitting these documents to court Wow. Not one bit. So I would put my license there if I needed to. Um, these documents are accurate, in my opinion. And uh, five times, Pete, in the year 2014. And it literally, and I've got it up on my website, TomRens.com, under the Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, we've got that whistleblower stuff. I've got my declaration along with, and by the way, my declaration includes the fact that I watched this whistleblower do a declaration for me. So I've got theirs. I'm attesting to they, the fact that I also have sitting in my hand, actually right over here on my desk, a, a uh, an additional declaration under penalty of perjury from that whistleblower. So not only can I track uh, the, uh, the chain of custody of the documents, but I have a declaration from that whistleblower as well. Mm -hmm. So we, we've done everything that I can do to, to verify this document is accurate while protecting that whistleblower's identity. You know, and uh, it uh, it adds a little, you were mentioning Dr. David Martin, adds a little bit more uh, credence to, you know, his presentation that he gave to the EU Parliament and his timeline yeah. and his deep research. I mean, I had this thing 
you know, right near me. You saw my three ring binder. Um, yeah. You know, and, and all of this information is 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 kind of like it's it's right out in the open while at the same time it's all scattered. Um, it's all yep. separated, but it is voluminous. It is overwhelming the amount of data once you comb through it. But they're operating right out in the open. But who do we have, sir? Here's my question to you. When you go to uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and she's having open forums like this, your research is valuable. Dr. David Martin's. You know, a, a lot of people, a lot of patriots. But who within our system that is supposed to be protecting us against all of this? And that is harm to the public. People have died. I mean, Dr. Peter McCullough said 600,000 plus people, you know, COVID plus the jab were killed through this thing. 600,000. And there's nobody in our government that's stepping forward to say, well, we have a problem here. Uh, this, this, there, this needs to be, and is there an investigation going on internally? Do you believe? No, there's a cover up going on internally. Wow. So, so Pete, you're out of Cincinnati, right? So you got, uh, Brad Wenstrup down there, Congressman right. Brad Wenstrup, who is in charge of the COVID committee. Yes. Uh, well, Brad Wenstrup got 166 K in the 2022 election cycle from big pharma. And that doesn't count whatever money he got from the GOP that was also funded by Big Pharma. I mean, this is a show committee that's in place for no other reason than to pretend that they're doing an investigation and find whatever it is that the CIA DOD wants them to find and no more. Mm. Yeah, there is no accountability for the CIA DOD. All of their all of their stuff is secret. They just call it national security. You can't FOIA it. You can't find it. It's gone. All the vaccines were distributed by the Department of Defense. You don't get a Pfizer shot or a Moderna shot. You get a DOD shot. It may be uh, created by Pfizer or Moderna, but the DOD buys it and distributes it under the the uh, CARES Act, or I'm sorry, the Prep Act. Mm -hmm. uh, so this this is. Uh, this is 100% a Department of Defense uh, military industrial operation from beginning to end. They created this disease. They created this vaccine. They pro provided protection and cover in it. And uh, it's it's something that needs to be investigated. But, you know, MTG w expressly stated that she was very frustrated because the COVID committee would not ent uh, entertain looking into vaccine injuries and things like that. Well, why is that? Well, because Wenstrup is owned. He's Ooh. owned by Big Pharma. You've got, wow. there's no question about it. I mean, Cincinnati's a Big Pharma stronghold. Uh, you guys got a, a ton of Big Pharma money down there and he won't ask real questions. Mm. His job is to obfuscate, to put out things. He's, he's like Jim Jordan. He huffs and puffs, acts like he's going to do something, but doesn't get anything done. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it Marjorie Taylor Greene's office calls me and says, hey, will you come down and testify about vaccine injuries? I said, are you serious? Because generally speaking, no one is allowed to talk to me in the GOP or elsewhere because I tell the truth. And I, they said, yeah. I said, well, you know, I'm going to talk about some tough things. You know, I'm going to talk about DODCIA involvement. I'm going to talk about these things. I said, do you got restrictions? And and Pete, this is what's amazing to me, because, you know, I've had a lot of people say, well, she was, you know, she liked McCarthy. She does this. She does that. I don't know. Don't care. What I do know is that I can tell you what MTG invited me down to speak with absolutely no strings attached on against the most powerful lobby on the planet.
So I don't know, you know, what you have to say, what anybody has to say about anything she's doing. Everybody said, oh, she owns stock in this and she does this and she does that. I don't care. At the end of the day, she let me and and God knows, I mean, I don't know, I got no ambitions. I'm nobody from Ohio. I'm not for sale. I may be a lousy human being, but I ain't for sale. <laughs> uh, she let me say whatever I wanted. And wow. so I did. So we actually, you know, we blew the whistle on the Central Intelligence Agency, DOD. We tied them all in. Uh, we talked about all sorts of things. Uh, I, I even brought up the Hunter Biden tie-in. So uh, we had all sorts Meta, of good stuff. And though. if we could touch on that, Metabiota is critical. And now uh, recently, Russia has come forward. Uh, and, you know, uh, they, they say it's not like I'm a quote unquote, they just pin, pigeonhole you and say you're a Russian sympathizer. No, uh, because the enemy of my enemy, if they're providing information like that, is my friend. And what they're saying, because I researched it, I knew early on the investigators that were identifying the bioweapons labs in the Ukraine. I have the treaty where Ukraine owned them, they operated them, but the Pentagon was overseeing the operations of them. And that was dated, I think, 2005, 2006. I have the copy of the treaty right here in one of my yeah. founders. So those bioweapons labs were listed on the U.S. Embassy website when this information started yeah. leaking out the same time the troops were burning documents out the back door, right? Um, oh. these, these weapons labs existed. Metabiota was one of them. And Hunter Biden is connected. That is indisputable, right? Oh. Yeah, no question. Listen, so the Ukrainian weapons labs, like you said, they absolutely existed. They were tied. They, they were like you said, they were literally listed on the U.S. Embassy website. I mean, you can say what you want, but I mean, <laughs> it was listed there. Right. Right. So you've got a whole series. But people don't understand how the CIA DOD does this. See, there'll be moratoriums on certain types of research or certain types of things. Like, you know, nobody wants our government doing bioweapons work here in the U.S. So what they do is they partner with private entities and let the private entities do the work that they're not allowed to. And one of the tricks has been to call biological weapons development gain-of-function work. It's not gain-of-function work. Gain-of-function work is meaningless. This is bioweapons development. And it's the same process, right? So whether you're you're using gain-of-function work or bioweapons development, it is literally the same process. The only difference is whether uh, it's being done to develop a, supposedly develop a cure or not. But in both cases, if you're doing bioweapons development, you always develop a cure at the same time because if it gets out, you don't want your soldiers getting sick. So bioweapons gain a function, it's the same stuff, it's just another name. And they use them legally from a legally distinct perspective to let people get away with doing bioweapons development and calling it something else because the public doesn't want bioweapons. So these, these, labs are all over the planet. They're in Africa, they're in the Middle East, they were in Ukraine, they're in China. I, we've got them all over the planet. We do it through private partnerships. And what they do is they will uh, partner with various companies and those companies will have contracts and confidentiality clauses and clauses covering their confidentiality clauses. I mean, it's very deep. I've seen the paperwork. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost impossible to figure out who's doing what or how they're tied, but they're all tied in with intelligence apparatus. And then uh, what, what we found was in this particular case, you know, EcoHealth Alliance was one of the vehicles that was getting all this government funding to coordinate this out of uh, Wuhan, China. 
So you've got our federal government funding advanced gain-of-function bioweapons development work in the CCP-controlled lab. Well, one of the partners in the grant and, and in the grant funding and in the project that we believe ultimately resulted in the creation of SARS-CoV-2 was Metabiota. Mm. Well, at that same time, Hunter Biden had invested with Ro Rosemont Seneca, who Hunter Biden was, you know, he was a partner in. They had invested into Metabiota. Metabiota was partnered with EcoHealth at the time on the creation uh, the, we believe they created SARS-CoV-2. So it's very, very possible. And I would like to know why Republican Brad Winstrup and Republican Mitch McConnell and these other Republicans, including Jim Jordan, why is no one asking whether Hunter Biden made any money off the creation of SARS-CoV-2? Mm -mm. Why is no one asking that? Yeah, I'll I tell mean, you, uh, Tom, I, I'm getting overly anxious about this one thing. I want you to, if you could, just repeat because I want to write it down. He's right. His office right down the street from me, literally. Yeah. I'm literally yeah. three miles from his office. I'm going to his office and I want answers Good. to how much did you say he took in? Uh, and 166K. 166,000 from Big Pharma? In 2022, according to, uh, I believe it was Open Secrets, is it? Or uh, uh -huh. one of those sites. Yeah. Uh, they said 166,000 uh, in 2022 for, from Big Pharma. Wow. Mm -hmm. And what I would like to know is why, I mean, listen, it's an Ohio guy. I'm an Ohio guy. Are you going to find another guy who's got more expertise in this than I do? Good luck. <laughs> Has Why ever, don't you have me come down and testify, Brad, without he, strings, just like MTG did? Has he ever contacted you? Oh, no. Do you know that Jim Jordan, before they redistricted, did you know that Jim Jordan was my congressman? I was in his district during the height of COVID. I requested several times to have a meeting to give Jordan the information on what was going on. Never got anything other than once they had me meet with one of his re uh, local people, um, and then they blew it off, did nothing with it. He did not want to meet with me. He did not want to know what was going on. The leading attorney on the planet doing this, right? I mean, I may be a nobody from a little town, no, you but are. nobody did more. Mm -hmm. And this guy wouldn't even, Jim Jordan, you know, the hero patriot who likes to sit there with his sleeves rolled up and tell you how tough he is, mm -hmm. would not meet with me to talk about the corruption that was SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19, the lockdowns, masks, PCR tests, vaccines, you name it, would not meet with me one time. And to this day, to this day, Jim Jordan, Brad Wenstrup, all these brave Congress people, Republicans from Ohio, not one of them has been willing to meet with me publicly or to allow me to speak publicly regarding SARS-CoV-2. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got, we have had every major case that you could have on this. We have led this from the beginning to the end. We've done more to break information on this issue than anybody else on the planet. Thank God for all, you know, all the people that have helped us and that have worked with us and that we've been able to learn from, you know, I mean, all credit to people like David Martin, Peter McCullough, uh, Steve Kirsch, you pick your person, Pam Popper and Mag and Maffa. Uh, you know, I mean, we had Ohio stands. We've worked with everybody. We don't care who we're working with. We don't care who you get there. We just want freedom and truth. Not once would these guys be with me. Not once. Wow. Wow. Sir, uh, now you've been able to uncover, especially through the whistleblower that has it documented, that the military itself, um, that... COVID-19 was developed in the mid-2010s with the Moderna patent from 2016. 
right? Um, That that the military medical records show that the soldier was receiving COVID-19 immunization as far back as 2014. That is remarkable. Now, here's my question to you. I've heard this term about the DOD or the military's involvement in the term countermeasures. Um, Now, now, that, right, explain that and the DOD have had, they have to know about the Ukraine labs because they were overseeing them. That was per a treaty that was written in uh, 2005, 2006. It's documented. It's not a conspiracy theory. Then Dr. Judy Mikovits said she's working in uh, Fort Detrick and they were doing gain of function testing. They shut it down. They packed up shop and transported it to the Wuhan lab. So your uh, statement that they're, they're, they're actually uh, offshoring these things that are too dangerous and are prohibited, you know, per, you know, safety regulations and regulatory bodies. They're not doing it in the U.S., uh, but there's nothing to prohibit them from doing it at the Wuhan lab and in the Ukraine labs, correct? That's exactly right. That's wow. exactly right. Mm-hmm. And not only, but you have to think about this, Pete. China I think, I can't prove this, but I don't think China had the technology to do the kind of work that we were doing on that gain of function stuff, right? So that, that gain of function stuff, the technology that we transferred that Ralph Barrick had developed and he was working on, that stuff is super advanced genetic technology, high-end manipulation of the genetics and this, that, and other, right? So you've got a CCP that's vowed to use biological weapons against the United States, you have a, a country that is an avowed enemy of the United States. At war, and, actually. Yeah, I mean, yes. at war. And openly, I mean, maybe not in traditional, uh, the traditional sense, but openly at war with our currency, our culture, and the way of life. And we decide to transfer the technology, some of this super advanced biological weapons development technology, to a lab controlled by the CCP. You've got to be kidding me. Uh, now, okay, I can't can I, prove. Can I, go, can I go one step further? And it's documented. Yeah. I've seen the emails for, the, as Barrick says, for the specific purposes of deriving profits. Yeah, well, uh, well, here's the question. What was the specific purpose, right? What was the reason behind this? And, you know, we're talking about mid-20 teens. You know, I would ask, I have a lot of questions. I think that the evidence that we have leads to more questions than answers. What's the motive? You know, I mean, in light of all the tabletop exercises, all the PPP that were uh, personal protective equipment that was sold and moved in the 2019s, you know, late, late, uh, you know, late 20 teens, all the different things that were occurring, you know, is it is it unfair to ask, was this release an accident or intentional? Mm-hmm. Was there a plan? Why is it that Bill Gates and all these filthy rich bazillionaires were all set to make bazillions of dollars off of COVID? Meanwhile, all the small businesses and all the local, you know, regular folk were, were destroyed. I mean, I can't prove that. But why is no one asking the question? Why, why are we afraid to even ask the question? The only reason that we're not investigating this is that we did it. We're responsible, right? We've been involved with this. And it leads to these vaccines more generally. And I'm going to tell you, Pete, I've got, I'm working on another line of, of uh, research that runs parallel to this because when we start asking questions about the creation and the why and the this and the that we got to say ask ourselves what's the end game right 
was it just, you know, release COVID and, and uh, make a bunch of money off the vaccines and that's it? And it doesn't look that way to me. It doesn't look that way at all. It looks like there's more going on here. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at where they're going Jeez. and how they're, they're using this now and where they're going with all this stuff. So I think that this is something that w- COVID was not isolated. We're not done. Uh, there's more going on than what people realize. And I think I can make the argument credibly using evidence that I could submit to a court to suggest that this is part of an ongoing plan. It's not done. It, we're, we're, you know, everybody wants to put COVID behind them. Guess what? It ain't going away. Mm-mm. No. And the psychological aspects of us, you know, growing accustomed to these dangerous viruses that get released. Um, uh, let, 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 let me, uh, let me nail something down here. Um, I hate to be so cliche. They say sometimes the cover-up is bigger than the original crime oh, itself. Yeah. But, sir, I'm going to have to say this. It's easy to accidentally or on purpose release a virus at the Wuhan lab, especially with the recklessness that they try to pre- prevent out of Fort Detrick. It ends up at the Wuhan lab, whether intentional or accidental, it gets released. And what ensued thereafter is probably the biggest conspiracy I've ever seen. I mean, the numbers of people and agencies and all that. Now, if you don't want me saying so, I should have questions about why Avril Haynes, A, was in the room sitting next to George Gao, the equivalent of the CDC's, I mean, the CCP's CDC director. He had to have known that at the Wuhan lab, there was a leak weeks prior. This is at Event 201 in October, September, mid to late, they already have it nailed down and we have CIA investigator corroboration. So September, the Wuhan lab leak took place. Avril Haynes is in with George Gao at Eventual One with all those influencers talking about a fictitious tabletop exercise on how we're gonna control this information about lab leaks. And then who gets put in charge of the lab leak investigation? As the director of national intelligence, Avril Haynes was promoted to the position and now in charge of the lab leak. This is a massive conspiracy and cover-up. Who's going to investigate that crap? Us, right? No. Well, yeah, that's right. Now let me let me throw in another thing for you. Right? Can you name to me name for me, Pete, one time, just one? where six or seven or however many CIA agents have all come forward at once mm. to share a CIA secret. Oh, it's a bombshell. Bombshell. And did they go to Brad Renstrup, by the way? But 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 wait here. Uh. Wait here. The CIA doesn't leak. And you don't get six or seven agents coming out with the same story Mm-mm. like that, right? Yeah, if right. you get one CIA agent to tell part of a story, right. that's incredible. Right. You don't get six or seven. And by the way, have you seen a public hanging of those six or seven agents? Mm-hmm. You haven't heard another word about them, have you? No. no. Uh, the reason, I would speculate, is cover. It was cover, Pete. This whole thing was cover. The CIA is trying to distract us from their involvement in the creation of this. The CIA is absolutely tied in with the creation of this. There's no question about it. Remember. Fauci and his role with the CDC, part of his job was oversight of biological weapons and biological weapons response. So he wasn't just, 
you know, uh, under an HHS employee. He was also tied in with that whole crew with the DOD and, uh, you know, the intel and all of a sudden other and bioweapon stuff. Uh, that's by statute. So this whole thing reeks of a cover-up. And those agents that came forward, I don't for a second believe that anything that they did was anything but obfuscation. This looks to me like uh, there's a couple of people that are going to get hung out to dry here. I think that they really wanted to put blame on China. And I think that they wanted to, you know, as it became clear that this came from a lab and it became clear that that was going to come out. Do you remember what I would China, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Remember when China was early on saying, well, the world's going to be shocked when they find out that, you know, the army or the military is involvement with this thing. Did oh, they yeah. say that in the beginning? Yeah, yeah, I mean, for sure. And I think what happened is, is I think as it became clear that they couldn't cover up the actual origins of this, uh, they decided that they were going to try and throw China under the I mean, China's already our enemy. So it's easy to say they're the bad guys. And I'm sure they are bad guys. I mean, it's China. They're terrible. I don't like China. Right. You know, I mean, they kill people for like, it's their job over there. They're horrible. But on this, this was kind of a joint thing. I mean, we were involved too. The question is, you know, there's no oversight for our CIA DOD. They were clearly involved in this, but no one's investigating it. You know, meanwhile, Lloyd Austin is over there poisoning our soldiers. I mean, we brought forth the DMED data. One of the things that I brought forth is we've got the DMED data. Now we have the new DMED data that that, uh, that soldier just dropped. We've got all these different things that are out there. And, uh, you know, meanwhile, they, they know that this stuff is poisonous, but they keep putting it in our soldiers' arms. You know, my question is, who's our DOD CIA working for? Is it for the American interests or some other interests? Oh because they're killing our soldiers. They're developing diseases that are shutting down and destroying our country. Uh, you know, I really think that we need to investigate who these guys are working for because they don't appear to be working for our interests. Uh, you know, meanwhile, uh, like I said, all of this stuff, it just points to conspiracy, conspiracy, conspiracy. But I don't need to prove our CIA's involvement in all of this to say, why aren't we even asking the question? Why is Brad Winstrup up there covering everything up he can cover up for these guys and refusing to ask any real or meaningful questions? Why did Jim Jordan ask the director of national intelligence, hey, uh, uh, who do you, who do you think is behind all this? Well, do you think they're going to say me? I mean, why didn't Jordan ask him about anything that I had presented in Congress like a week or two before? Mm. Because he doesn't want to know. These guys are deflecting. They're covering for the real problem. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're voting to send more money to Ukraine to help so, cover that up. So to send more money here. So what you've said uh, is something that I've been repeating over and over again, and that in order for Jim Jordan to be leading a group of hearings on the weaponization of government hearing and not consider that Congress has been the most powerful weapon in the weaponization of government, that the hearings are worthless because they're yeah. one of the biggest entities, right? The, the well, biggest I weapons. Mean, well, you know, not to go into a totally different subject, but I've stated very publicly and I'll state again, I absolutely believe that the insurrection that occurred on January 6th, and I call it an insurrection for a reason. There was an insurrection. It was against Donald Trump and it was uh, the sitting president of the United States, and it was brought forth and carried out by the FBI, the Capitol Police, and I believe it was done with full knowledge of congressional leadership. I believe Pelosi, McConnell, and others knew about it. You know, I mean, listen, Congress reeks 
of corruption. There's a few good people and I support them, but you have the foxes guarding the hen house. You know, this is all about, they won't investigate themselves and they ought to, you know what I want? Let me put this out, Pete, uh, on J6. If we have an insurrection, if we have one of the worst things that could happen in American history, the insurrection, worst thing ever, why do you cover up the tapes for several years? Why? Why, if this was an insurrection, if this was as great of a threat to democracy as Mitch McConnell and uh, Nancy Pelosi have said, if this was that great of a threat, don't we, the people, have an absolute right to transparency? I want all the communications from Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell's office in and around January 6th I, to the FBI, to the Capitol Police, and to everyone else. I want all the information. I want all the cameras. I want all the video. I want all the audio. I want to know who was talking to who. And I want a list of, how, of the FBI informants that were in the crowd. I want to know. Listen, what could be more important to the American people than transparency on what is the single greatest threat to our democracy since the Civil War mm. or to our republic. You know, well, and when, if, when you, and their when words, you not mine. And, and you know, they're, they're, it, it's not a side uh, discussion. Because of what we know, um, uh, Rudy Giuliani has investigated Joe Biden's involvement with you know, money laundering and corruption, uh, money tracking to Cyprus, I mean, in the Ukraine. He was directly involved. Hunter Biden, who for some reason had access to high-level uh, intelligence information, he's tied to Metabiota. Joe Biden, if we know now that this conspiracy is huge, that and the intel agencies are involved, the FBI covering up the Hunter Biden laptop, ushering in Joe Biden, helps to prevent the inevitable and that is this investigation will take place at some point in time either down the road or now but they had to get joe biden in and january 6th was part of ushering that in was it not absolutely absolutely listen if you got trump for another four years do you really think we would have had the mess we had mm -hmm. i mean trump was trump was done with the lockdown shortly thereafter you know i mean he just wasn't into that whole thing and uh, at some point Trump was going to end all that and say, you know, here's what it is, what it is. Now, I disagree with Trump on the vaccines. Uh, the, the Operation Warp Speed was really a manipulation. That, like I said, these vaccines were out for a long time. But Donald Trump's a good man, and he was a good president, and I hope he's back in. And I'm trying to, I'd love to see nothing, nothing more than to see him back in 2024. Uh, we, you know, what he would have done, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Pete, I think the only person that might have been a bigger threat to the deep straight than Donald Trump is General Michael Flynn. You know, General Flynn's become a friend of mine. And, you know, Flynn announced in 2016, as he was coming in as National Security Advisor, that he was going to audit the Blackfoot projects of the intelligence agencies. Had he done that, it's my belief that he would have found out about the existence of COVID. The Blackfoot projects are how they fund all of these nasty things that they do. And uh, no one knows how to do that. Donald Trump, no one would have known how to audit that properly, except someone like Flynn, who's got experience there. I mean, he was in charge of DIA, so he would have been able to audit that. And I believe that the fact that he was going to is the reason that they had to drum up all those charges against him. He would have shut this down. But I also think, and I think this is really important, I can't prove this, but, you know, we all saw during the Russiagate stuff, the hoax, uh, the, the little document from the FBI uh, 
uh, oh, what's that little weenie from the FBI that said, you know, that we got the insurance policy against Trump. Oh, yeah, a stroke. Yeah. Yeah. Struck. I don't think the insurance policy was Russiagate. I don't think it was Trump-Russia collusion. I think it was COVID. I think that was the real insurance policy. Wow. This, I think this was developed. I mean, listen, this was developed under Obama. It, all evidence points to the fact that COVID was well underway and developed under Obama, including and the vaccine as well. This looks like it was sitting on a shelf. Now, I'm sure they were still playing with it, but, you know, we're now seeing more evidence that COVID, they were shipping it around. It looks like it was in a lab in Montana. It looks like it was in a bunch of different places. It looks like, uh, you know, probably in Ukraine. It was probably in a bunch of different places. All these different labs share information. So the question is, you know, was it exclusively leaked from Wuhan? If so, why did it why did it spread so quickly? How did it end up in Italy so early? If the timeline's true, why did it end up in so many places so quickly in the way that it did? You know, there's some real questions in epidemiology on this, right? Mm -hmm. And we don't have true access to the you data because can they I, cover it up. Can I can you I know, mention so, one one thing? I'm sorry to interject. I think you're yeah. gonna you're gonna think this is appropriate for this conversation when you say Obama. This is a fact. I've even spoken to investigators that are in the area. Are you aware of what Obama did with Luger, with the, what is it, level four bioweapons lab in Georgia, the Luger Research Center out there? Uh, possibly. I don't know. Remind me. Oh, I want you to just remember that. There's a lot of publicly available information out there, but Russia started screaming about it in 2018. Okay. In 2018, they were saying, and this was brought on by Obama. Obama made this happen with yeah. Senator Luger, set up that bioweapons lab in Georgia, and Russia was screaming about it because they said it was a bioweapons lab and it was a, it yeah. was a high level uh, a high level lab. Um, and they're documenting saying this is what's going on there. And there's also other investigators that have been kind of you know milling around the area and they've got some whistleblowers out there. So you're right, Obama has been behind this bioweapons development program. Um, yeah. In Georgia, no less. Can you imagine? Why would they? Well, in a bunch of places. In a bunch of places. That's right. With China, uh, of course, you got the Ukraine. Jeez, what the hell is, what is the purpose of them doing this? What is the purpose? This is to kill billions of people? Well, that's the real question, right? I mean, what is the purpose? So you've got a disease that's really not all that dangerous. But the cure is, right, the cure for the disease is extremely dangerous. Now, let me let me take everybody through this. We know, and you could see very early on, John Ioannidis is one of the most prolific and most respected epidemiologists on the planet from Stanford, releases during the summer of 2020 a study on COVID and says case fatality rates can end up at about 0.2%, right? This is one of the most respected guys on the planet. When he speaks in epidemiology, people just, yes, sir, right? They Everybody tries to cover that up and blow it off because that case fatality rate is nothing. I mean, we're talking about a bad flu season. And he was right. Turns out he was dead right. Mm -hmm. So you have a disease that's not that dangerous, mm -hmm. realistically. So they drum up fear and they lie about it and scare the hell out of everybody. Why? I mean, it's devastating to the economy. It's devastating to business. Why would they do that? So then you look at masks. Well, by September 3rd, 2020, we filed our first lawsuit on COVID. And in that, we provided 
20 or 25 page document summarizing all the different studies that showed that masks don't work. We knew it in 2020. Why would they continue to push that? They knew it. They lied. Fauci went back and forth on it 50 times. Why would they lie about masks? Then you look at PCR testing. The inventor of PCR tests said they don't work. They can't diagnose a disease. They don't work that way. But we kept pushing it. Why is that? Social distancing. Well, we showed by the summer of 2020 that that's absolutely farcical. It's ridiculous. It does nothing. This stuff floats in the area for a long time. Six foot does nothing. Why did they push it? Why did they push fraud and lies in every single instance? What did they get out of it? Well, there's a few different things. Now, if you subscribe to the to the World Economic Forum Great Reset Theory, which I, I think is very much a part of this, you know, Klaus Schwab told us, got to crash the economy to rebuild it, build it back better, right? Yeah. Um, you got to crash everything. You got to bring it all down. got to burn it all down. So they did that, right? And what happens when everything shuts down? Well, the ma and pa businesses went broke. Every mom and pop business that went broke during COVID resulted in more income for Amazon, Google, the big billionaires who are part of the WEF. That's exactly right. So the WEF membership wins big with the COVID, right? Mm -hmm. Also, uh, power is consolidated because when money's consolidated, power is consolidated. So there's that. You damage the American economy. The American economy is based on small business. Now you've got a, a bunch of globalists who are controlling things. So that's more control. You've got a whole bunch of things. But most importantly, what else happened? Well, we've got a vaccine comes out. And this vaccine is going to save us all, right? Except for one thing. they did. Pfizer has admitted that they didn't even test to see whether the vaccine has any effect on transmission of the disease. They didn't even test it. They also admitted under oath that they had no idea uh, how the immune response mechanisms would work, right? No idea. So you've got a vaccine that's supposed to save us from a disease that the creators say, well, we don't actually think it, know if it does anything to stop it spreading, and we don't actually know how it works. Okay. And they were granted total immunity through the PrEP Act. So why? What? Then you have to ask yourself, what the hell are we doing here? Why would you create something that doesn't do anything for the disease. Okay, it has no benefits for the disease, but a long, long list of side effects that the FDA was made aware of prior to emergency use authorization. Well, how did I know that? Well, because I have the FDA document. Right. Okay, so you've got this, this gene therapy drug that's what they are. By the way, in 2019, SEC filings, Moderna acknowledged that it's a, it's a gene therapy drug. Pfizer's acknowledged it's a gene therapy drug. These guys have, it's it just is. This isn't disputable. These are gene therapy drugs. Okay. So you've got these this new category of drugs that has, it's not a vaccine. It's nothing to do with a vaccine. It's a, uh, it, it's a gene therapy. And this gene therapy is you know it's sitting there and people are, are being forced to take it essentially why well yes they're making an immense amount of money on it but i don't know i mean they could have they could have put uh, put a new name on ivermectin and made an immense amount of money on it right oh yeah so why why a gene therapy why that and i think that one of the things that we really i'm going to tell you that my research 
And Pete, you know this is, I mean, you've known me for a long time. Yes. Mm-hmm. All I do is research and work. That's all I do. Mm-hmm. All of my research points to the fact that there's more to getting these vaccines in the arm than just selling them, right? And I think that we need to really start investigating that. And I'm going to tell you, as I'm looking, the one thing that I want us to really start asking ourselves, okay, so the vaccines are gene therapies. And now we're seeing, because of the study out of Europe and some of these others, that these plasma DNAs, up to 30% load in these vials of plasma DNAs. Now, if you recall, these were supposed to get put in your arm, dissipate in three days, and be gone. Then we find out that Pfizer committed fraud and lied, in my opinion, and said uh, and uh, called these mRNA, leading everyone to believe it was messenger RNA, when the reality was it was mod RNA, which is a totally different product. That's why I put out the little booklet on it. Hmm. Now we find out that the plasma DNA is there. Well, here's the deal. You can argue that messenger RNA would not affect your genetics, right? it's not super likely that a true messenger RNA would actually permanently modify your genetics. Mod RNA, I would argue, is far more likely to reverse transcribe because it's going to be in your system a lot longer. Now you get to plasmid-based DNA. Well, plasmid-based DNA, based on the substack I just wrote a few weeks ago, is structured and designed specifically to permanently change your genetics. And you're going to tell me that it was a, a manufacturing accident to have 30% load? Uh, Hell no, that wasn't a manufacturing accident. That's and deliberate. Pete, I'm going to break this right now. Uh, I've got information, and I say, I'm going to suggest to you that we're going to find out in the coming months, if not sooner, that Moderna also has a substantial amount of DNA in their vaccine bottles. And uh, the question that we've really got to ask ourselves is why are these guys so hell-bent on getting this stuff that permanently screws with your genetics into our arms? Mm. That's the real question. Mm. And Moderna with DNA, and what, what is their, their, their public uh, statement about that, uh, about the types of uh, ingredients in their, in their vaccine? I mean, in their... Well, the- uh, these guys are still saying it's mr. These guys are still saying it's mRNA. mRNA. Now I found uh, Pfizer finally finally acknowledged that it's not mRNA. So mRNA in science language means messenger RNA. Right. Okay. And we were all led to believe these are messenger RNA vaccines. I mean, they told us that. That's what they said, right? Mm-hmm. Fauci is out there with these messenger RNA vaccine statements all over the place, but. They were never messenger RNA. They were mod RNA, which means that they took RNA, they modified it in the laboratory, they altered it. They made it more durable, they made it more long-lasting, and they made it all sorts of different things. And then after they screwed with it, then they put it in your arm. Messenger RNA is a very weak particle, according to my scientists. And understand, just so that we're clear, Pete, because I don't think, I don't know if I've said this on your show. Everybody says, well, you're not a doctor. Why do you know this? You're right. I'm not a doctor. I can't do the science. But what I can do is as an attorney, my job is to take the science from doctors and scientists who are absolutely brilliant 
and translate what they're saying into English so that someone in a jury box with a ninth grade education can understand it. So you're right that I don't know how to do the science, but I absolutely can read and understand the science. Mm -hmm. And when I ask my experts and learn from them what they're doing, I'm telling you what I found. So this isn't my science. This isn't me teaching you science. This is me educating you about what I've learned from my experts and my research mm. into this. Yeah. I can't do the science. I acknowledge that. But I can certainly discuss it, understand it, and communicate it. Now, somebody who sat next to you at the MTG hearings is Dr. Robert Malone. He knows what you just said to be true or not true, right? And what does he have to say about that? Because he's an expert in mRNA, correct? Yeah, well, he, I mean, he absolutely, he talked about it extensively at the, at the hearing. He talked about the DNA and the, and the, the Pfizer vials extensively. Wow, wow. So, and I'm just going to tell you, I think they're going to have it, in the, you're going to find it. What I'm hearing is you're going to find it in the Moderna vials as well. I don't think, I don't believe that this was an accident. I think that this is intentional. I don't believe it's a manufacturing defect. I believe that, that the DNA aspects of this are intentional. I, I think that they're permanently dinking with our, our genetics. I think they knew it from the beginning. And I think that, I think that we're going to find this across the board. Wow. If, uh, if you don't mind, uh, can, can I hold you for just one? Uh, this is an important sure. question here. There is an engineer that I just came across, a uh, mechanical engineer, and he was responsible for when we were to open back up for a bunch of dental clinics up in Canada. And he had knowledge of the ventilation systems that essentially he described that it was so irresponsible what they had done that essentially it was instead of containing the spread of viruses and 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 airborne pollutants that it was designed to help propagate it are you familiar with dale richardson i'm not familiar with dale but i'm familiar with that work in a number of places yeah so those discoveries are being made and here's the second leg of this thing uh i'm concerned about it because it's not it's not discussed uh the the sewage testing uh the the, the cdc's involvement in the uh, the testing of wastewater uh, is yep. that significant as well why are they building such a strong infrastructure in that regard uh, and also at the same time in parallel the who is saying as soon as we get any indication it's a, a, a you know a public health emergency of international concern we can shut a place down are, are those two operating are you concerned about the wastewater wastewater testing that they're that they're doing and what they're getting ready to do in the in the future well, I'm absolutely concerned. There's no question that this is really a move towards this kind of totalitarianism. I mean, oh, yes. you've got the WHO Treaty. Mm -hmm. I mean, the WHO Treaty is quite clearly a power grab. I mean, it's, uh, I don't know what else it is. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, this this kind of universal monitor. I mean, did you see, uh, so we've got that FISA, the FISA court reauthorization stuff going on down in Congress right now. Did you see that they're trying to, uh, and, and listen, I don't know what to make of Johnson. I don't know whether he's an idiot or a bad guy, mm. or just, you know, trying to navigate through. But they're trying to slip in something that would expand FISA court to be able to basically monitor everything we do everywhere. They're actually trying to expand the domestic surveillance capabilities, uh, you know, and they're saying, hey, we're going to we're going to rein it in. We're going to pass this uh, reform bill to you know rein it in. But they're they're saying that while they're changing the language in a way that will actually expand it. I just tweeted about it today. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. It's a huge, huge issue. Mm. I don't trust anything they're doing. I They've openly said. And I don't think the American people realize when I say no. Congress is the biggest weapon in the weaponization of government. Why? Because they control the purse strings. The FBI could be corrupt. Jordan's holding hearings on the FBI uh, being corrupt. What are they doing? Handing them billions of dollars to go build, you know, their infrastructure even bigger. Yeah. Congress controls all the money. Yeah. Yeah. And it all stems from the House, the Republican controlled House. Mm -hmm. Right. So we've got the Republican controlled House that keeps writing blank checks to places like Ukraine. And, to, you know, to our DOD, CIA, DOJ, you know, DOJ is out there, you know, going after Trump on everything he does, you know, weaponizing the entire justice system. But we keep we keep funding it. Our yes. Republicans keep doing it. Well, you know, you got to ask yourself why. Mm. And I don't think that it's a real tough question answer. I mean, it's real simple. I mean, half of them are sold out. They're Democrats that have an R on their name, behind their name. No, I mean, it's, you know, there's there's enough. Uh, there's prima facie evidence, for instance, on 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 Ralph Barrick and Anthony Fauci. If you took Remdesivir, their communications, their implementation. Oh, yeah. Into the yeah, I call it run. Death is near. Uh, yeah. As Dr. Arda says, right? Yeah. That implementation. Yeah. There's plenty of evidence. So here's my question. And we'll wrap up in this regard. Of course, everybody continue to follow your work. Your Substack, your, you know, I want, I want you to give out your links. Don't we have enough subject matter experts from attorneys to, to scientists on the outside of government? Isn't it time to have an extra congressional outside independent body uh, that should be given the authority to investigate, it, which you are anyway? Uh, yeah. But formal authority to say, we're going to do this investigation, we're not going to be bought off, and we're going to investigate Congress included. Don't you think that we've got enough people right now, you have a Rolodex, excuse the expression, that you could assemble a team like that? Isn't it time for that? An independent well, I could body? absolutely do it. Yeah. Absolutely, I could, and I would love to. The problem is, is that it'd have to be authorized, and someone would have to authorize it to happen. So there's two issues that are occurring right now, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make everybody mad, um, Pete. So I think I've talked to you about this before. I spent for over two years. I did not send out a single bill for my legal work. I was supported through donations, through organizations like MAFA, through, you know, for a little while, Frontline Doctors helped me, a bunch of different organizations helped here and again. Uh, General Flynn's crew, Patrick Burns crew, all these guys helped me here and again. But for over two years, I did not send out a single bill for my legal work, not one. I have for three and a half years done everything you can do I've led litigation. I've lived this 24-7. I've done media. I've done everything. And my budget in three, three and a half years since the day I started on this has been less than $2 million substantially. Okay. So now you think about that. There are things that can be done right now. But when I was down in Congress, uh, one of the Congress people asked me, can we sue Big Pharma? The answer is yes. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely. I've got a case sitting in my pocket that I'm ready to file. Mm. Here's the problem. I, and I testified, and I got a lot of blowback on this. I'm a grifter, right? People tell me I'm a grifter. I said, the cost of filing that case is 5 to $8 million. Mm -hmm. They said, well, you're a grifter. I've given up my retirement. I've given up my personal income. I've given up everything. 
I'm paying for my wife to fight cancer. I, if I'm a grifter, I'm the worst grifter on the planet. Oh my goodness. Mm. The five to $8 million figure comes from this. Legally, and under the rules of ethics for the court, if I file that case, I have to be able to manage that case, mm -hmm. right? To manage that case, as an attorney who, who's, yeah, I've done a fair bit, I kind of know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I would need a team of five to eight lawyers and two or three paralegals, mm -hmm. and I would have to be able to employ them full time to deal with that case for a minimum of three to five years. Mm -hmm. I would have to pay for the experts necessary to have them come and testify in that oh, yeah. case. Mm -hmm. I would have the travel expenses. I would have all the things that go into it. I worked out that five to eight million dollars would cover my costs. I would make zero on a five to eight million dollar uh, budget for a case like that. Mm -hmm. So you have to understand. The reason that this isn't being done, that more is not being done, is not because guys like me care about money. I mean, you know, you can look at my record. I don't I don't give a damn about that. I've given up everything I've got. I literally gave up my retirement on this. Mm. Um, in fact, earlier this month, I wasn't sure if I was going to have money for the electric bill. And then thank God for a couple donors that took care of it. Wow. So three and a half years in, the top attorney on the planet has charged so damn little that I still have to worry about paying the electric bill. So you can call me a grifter all you want. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna tell you when I say that you want five days, you're right. We could file some crap cases that get thrown out of court and it would go nowhere. If you're or, a corrupt FBI, you could go right to Congress and just uh, and like- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Register, if right? I was FBI or DOJ, they. but here's the problem. The other side has George Soros. The other side has Bill Gates. The other yeah. side has big pharma money. Our side, it's just we the people, right? So there, there is no funding for these things. And you've got to understand, I cannot put a case like that forward because I can't do it by myself. It mm -hmm. will take, I'm going to go against hundreds of the best lawyers on the planet with one guy and no staff. Yeah. How the hell am I going to do that? So you're saying I that you've, you've held off on a case that you could file, but you're not prepared to manage the case. Several. I don't have the resources. Wow. Jeez. I got several. I do know I've got stuff on J6. I've got stuff. There are solutions out here. There are things that we can do. The problem is, is that we have to be able to fund it. And listen, I've done everything I can do. I've, I've filed cases that I've written hundreds of pages by myself. Mm. You know, I, I've done this whole thing. I just can't, I can't ethically file a case that I know I can't manage without the resources to do it. Yeah. The courts specifically say that I'm ethically barred from that. So I'm all in, I'll give the case away. In fact, I'll tell you, Pete, if I have a big firm that can credibly manage this case, I will give it to them for free. I don't care. I just want justice, but I can't just, I can't go file a bad case that can't be managed because I just really want to do it and be a hero. I'm not being a hero then. What I'm doing is creating bad precedent and, uh, and accomplishing nothing. So, you know, that that's the issue. And, and that is the issue with uh, just about, you know, you look at the uh, election crimes, all that stuff, uh, the, the lawfare that's perpetrated. Even if you said, oh, I'm going to go give the case away, you give it to a big firm that is capable of handling it, they're going to be scared off, obviously, and say, we can't take this because we'll be out of business. We'll no longer be a big firm anymore. So there's that lawfare going on. But isn't it a shame that we don't have the money flow on our side? We don't have 
multi-billionaires sitting there waiting in the wings to help us bootstrap these things and, be, and remain independent as well. Such a shame. You know, Patrick Barney, he's probably all tapped out from all the election crime stuff. Mike Lindell, oh. look at what they're doing to Mike Lindell. Yeah. Uh, he got us as far now he's broke, you know. Well, Lind Lindell and Byrne and these guys are these guys have put their money where their mouth is. Everything. But That's there's right. like, you know, just a handful of guys and they can't do it by themselves. I mean, listen, there's dozens of billionaires on the take. And there's like two or three that are willing to back us. Mm -hmm. I mean, even Trump's wealth is getting ate away by all the lawfare. Yeah. So, you know, I, my hat's off and my gratitude for guys like Patrick Byrne and Mike Lindell and uh, General you, Flynn, you know, too. Yep. General Flynn has been a damn warrior on this. I got to tell you, mm -hmm. uh, that man has been one of the most steadfast warriors I've ever seen on this. Yep. You know, we see these guys fighting like hell. But ultimately, one of the most brilliant things Trump did and I think this is absolutely brilliant, is he didn't try and raise all the money that he was doing from one or two billionaire body, buddies buying him off. He, he had just tens of thousands, of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of donations that were small donations. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I've been asking for is, you know, I've got TomRens.com, I've got to give, send, go for Ren's Law, mm -hmm. and I've been saying, listen, if we could get 100,000 people Mm -hmm. We got 320 million Americans. If I could get 100,000 people to give up one Starbucks a week, 20 bucks a month, mm -hmm. that would it'd be a game changer. Yes. A, a, a $2 million a month budget would be a game. Do you know how many lawyers I could have on so how many different things? Do you know how many cases we could file? Yes, how much sir. disruption we could do? Because here's the thing. It's a lot cheaper to do what we're doing because it's truthful and it's based on honesty than it is to push these lies that the other side's doing. We don't need as big of a budget as they have. We just need a budget, you know? So, it, but we can't, 100,000 people at 20 bucks a month, that is less than a half percent of the population of this country, mm -hmm. substantially less. Yeah. But, you know, but we've got to get people who are willing to to, to stand and to do something and we just to, to. to go to TomRens.com and click donate. Yes. I mean, you know, I, I'm going to say this, Tom, how, when did we get started together? I mean, uh, you were like an Ohio guy and you had a website yeah. and then we started talking health freedom before anybody knew how to spell health freedom. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I mean, listen, I started get, day one. How many times did you get the call from somebody that was holed up in a hospital, you know, because the medical industrial complex says you can't have your family member back. We have custody of them. And how many cases did you sit there and fight tooth and nail pro bono because they didn't have anybody else to represent their interests? Unbelievable number of cases, right? Uh, to be real honest with you, Pete, and I've told this story publicly, I don't even have a record because I couldn't. What was happening is, is there was a 10 to 16 day cycle, depending on the hospital from the time you entered till the time you were dead. And so what was happening is I get people that get a hold of me and the, their loved ones, you know, eight, nine days in. And okay, what are your O2s? What are their kidney levels? Yeah, what is this? What's that? And and I they've got like two or three days to live, right? I can't file a case in two or three days. There's nothing I can do, which means that the only thing I can do is call the hospital, scream, threaten, you know, maybe put a, a letter out, something like that and uh tell them you know i'm gonna sue your ass if, if, the, if this person dies and that worked about 10 percent of the time mm. because and it was the only thing i could do there was no way there's no way to draft up a case like that in a day mm. 
for one guy. Remember, I don't have a big staff. I don't have any staff. Most of now I have two people that work for me. I'm a big shot. And I got a couple lawyers that work with me. Yeah. But yeah. but you got one guy doing it. There was no way. So I wasn't even at that point, I was working 20 hours a day calling, screaming at hospital after hospital. So I lost my voice. I didn't even keep records of who was calling me because what am I going to do? Ask him, okay, well, send me a $20,000 retainer. And, uh, you know, if your loved one's not dead when I get it, I'll see if I can file a suit for you. That's so crap. I couldn't do that to people. Yeah, I could that, never do that, that to people. That tells me if you go through the numbers that you just described, can have you thought have you thought about the number of people that you couldn't get to that didn't make it? Can you imagine? I've that? thought. I'm going to tell you, Pete, and I've said this publicly, and I will say this till the day I die. That period of time is one of the most painful periods of time in my life. I had so many moms, dads, brothers, sisters, cousins, friends, begging me, "Can you save my loved one's life?" And I'm asking them, okay, what's their O2 levels? How long they've been on the vent? How long, what's their you know, kidney function? They Listen, they've got 24 hours to live if they're lucky. The only thing we can do is pray together. Uh, that, I mean, the number of times that I had to say that. Um, I, Pete, I have, I, you know, I mean, I don't, I have, I still have nightmares about it. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I just... I didn't. I signed up to be a lawyer, try and help make the world a better place. These sort of things. I didn't know that I was going to be doing triage. I didn't know how many people. I didn't know I was going to have to play God and decide who I was going to try and save and who I wasn't. I was never qualified for that. Jeez. I don't know. You know. So it was. It was the worst time in my life. I did everything that I could. If I'll stand before God and say that. I, I I did. I tried to help other lawyers figure out what to do. I tried to do, I mean, anything that I could do. Mm. Broken up it against was, the system that got paid for them to die. And you knew it. We incentivized the murder of patients. Mm. They, got, they got incentivized. They got more money when they called it COVID. They got more money when they gave them remdesivir. They got more money when they put them on the vent. They got more money when they died from COVID. Wow. That's why... So many people died from this disease. That's why, uh, I mean, a disease with really a case fatality ratio is just nothing. Hmm. It would cause wow. so much chaos. It was intentional. Our Congress passed the legislation to allow that and to facilitate that. Our Congress was as responsible as anybody. And uh, that's the real reason that there's no investigations into this. Yes. Last note here. All right. You have become a trusted person where a whistleblower can come forward and we just heard it. You will not reveal uh, your sources information. You can be trusted. So no, I want to put that word out to any potential whistleblowers. We need your help on the other side. If you've got evidence and you know of stuff, yeah. uh, how do they contact you? A, uh, that's the first thing. Um, Secondly, uh, there's also the, you know, the COVID relief bill and the amount of fraud in the billions and billions and billions of dollars. It exists. Uh, I contacted yeah. the DOJ on a couple of cases that sprung up out of the, uh, the um, southeastern region. The DOJ said, well, we're going to take these low hanging fruit cases. We don't have enough bandwidth, they said, to go after yeah. all the potential fraud. So uh, how does busy going after Trump? Yeah, can you imagine? Uh, how does somebody get in trust, uh, in contact with you securely? Um, so what you got to do is you got to go to TomRens.com. We have a contact form on the website. And that's really, I mean, 
at this point, uh, God's been good enough to give me a platform. And uh, I, I just, I mean, I can't, my phone never stops as it is. Mm. I mean, well, hell, you know, Pete, I mean, it takes, it takes days if you and I want to chat, yeah. you know, I mean, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and uh, if Pete's Antilly calls, he answer the phone, right? You know, I mean, but, mm. but, uh, so you got the best way to do it is you're going to have to go through the website and I have to do that because for every good whistleblower I get, I'll get a hundred that are insane. I mean, I do, I get a lot of people who have information and they're sure it's going to save the world. And I, I mean, it's, I can't verify it. It's not credible. It's all sorts of issues. So the only way I've been able to do this and be able to keep my head above water, because again, I don't have a staff of a hundred people going through this. Mm-hmm. So the only thing that I can do is to, uh, is to, you know, do it that way. And we've got kind of a process we go through, figure out what we can. And basically, you just got to keep, keep pushing. You know, I mean, if, if someone like you, Pete, if you got someone that you tell me, you know, Hey, we got something huge, I'm going to look at it. You know, if find someone, find a way, if you got the good information, find a way, we'll get it eventually, but you got to keep at it. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so, uh, it's up to us. We're the, I, I've been saying this, we're the front line of defense in this country. We, the people, I mean, our, you know, yep. you know all of our authorities even delegated to the people in the, 10 square miles in Washington, D.C., that's been turned upside down, but we are the front line of defense. Everybody go to Tom Rents. I've been with Tom, I say, Ben, I've been helping to get information out. I've learned a lot through your efforts. So when I put my name to this thing, um, I'm telling you, we have to bootstrap ourselves because just like you said, I'd rather have a million people with a $1 bill you know, then one millionaire that's going to control everything. But we have the power in our purses, our purses and our wallets um, to help fund this thing. We have to act. We have to act now and act as if lives depend on it because they, in fact, do. Tom Renz. Wow. Thank you. Once again, you know, I, I'm thinking about something. There's some valuable information. I'm going to put uh, Dale Richardson in direct contact with. He has valuable information. Um, Please. They're arrest, they arrested him. His daughter's on the run. He obviously has very valuable information about their intentional mechanism to spread uh, through these medical facility ventilation systems. It's yeah. remarkable, but it's true. So, ladies and gentlemen, we got to help Tom. We do. We have to. Uh, you've got uh, an infrastructure. We just need to be able to bootstrap this thing and finance it ourselves and run an independent investigation. Sir, I honor you. I thank you for taking time out and letting me hold you for so long. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much, Pete. Thank you very much. I'm excited to announce that we're having our biggest Christmas sale ever. You get our brand new six-piece My Towels for only $29.98 or rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper as low as $99.99. Or how about MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98? There's something for everyone. 
duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more. Well, I know my pillow products make for the perfect Christmas gifts, so I'm going to extend my money back guarantee until March 1st, 2024. So go to mypillow.com now or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get huge discounts on all my pillow products. For example, you get our six piece towels for only $29.98 or get your very own MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98. It's our biggest Christmas sale ever. Get all your shopping done now while quantities last. Are you prepared for life's unexpected twists and turns? Lockdowns, natural disasters, power outages, or any situation that makes it tough to get your hands on a good meal. Time waits for no one, and neither do emergencies. PetePrepStore.com is the ultimate in long-term emergency food preparedness and supplies. You're not just buying food, you're buying peace of mind. Our meals are designed to be nutritious, delicious, and have a 25-year shelf life. Yes, you heard that right. 25 years. We source high-quality non-GMO ingredients and use advanced freeze-drying technology to lock in taste and nutrients. Forget last-minute runs to the grocery store. Pete Prep Store is a click away and delivers right to your doorstep. Why risk the well-being of you and your loved ones? With Pete Prep Store, you're always prepared. Make the smart choice today. Visit PetePrepStore.com and place your order today. This isn't just food. It's your lifeline in times of crisis. Don't wait for an emergency to prepare. Be proactive. PetePrepStore.com. Be prepared. Be secure. Be ready. Always. Hi, I'm Ron Paul. I know what you're thinking. Another gold commercial. But don't put the TV on mute. You owe it to yourself to listen. Stock markets may be high right now, but they'll eventually fall. And when they do, your retirement savings will fall along with them. Call the experts at Gold Co. today to learn more about how easy it is to invest in gold with a gold IRA. Call 855-614-1681 or visit goldco.com forward slash Pete. Cardio Miracle is the finest and most comprehensive nitric oxide and vitamin D supplement in the world. Made from the highest quality ingredients, Cardio Miracle is driven and backed by science and committed to your health and well-being. Get your 60-day, no-risk, money-back guarantee now at CardioMiracle.com. gentlemen stand by hold on one second i'll get the squared away i gotta do a couple of the quick things um this morning has been a barn burner i'll tell you mm. wow wow first of all uh that interview with tom rents uh i'm sure you now realize that was an ultra bombshell wasn't it good morning to each and every one of you on this uh, Tuesday, December 12th, um, we're going to go into, needless to say, a little bit of overtime. I'm going to take care of some stuff. And uh, what I'm going to do, um, we're going to leave the stream running on locals. Um, you can join us. And then we have to st start preparing, believe it or not, for, uh, for the 4 o'clock show in just a little bit. I want to spend some time with you. 
uh, take care of some housekeeping items. Yesterday, I played uh, one other bombshell segment. Greg Reese had put something out uh, that everyone needs to see. And I want to see in the chat room uh, how many of you have not seen uh, Greg Reese's NASA piece. Um, NASA piece. Uh, but by the way, the, one of the big news items uh, is the cyber war that's going on. China's attacking the United States. Uh, Rumble uh, and the eastern seaboard has certainly uh, been impacted. I couldn't. Um, yeah, Irish 539 bombshell show for sure. Bomb, bombshell. Uh, I contacted uh, my congressman. Uh, Congressman Wenstrup, and I'm going to share that with you in just a little bit about that $168,000 uh, that he's taken from Big Pharma as he leads the uh, the COVID investigation committee. Can you imagine? Um, so I, I had interaction with them. I contacted them. His office is right down the street. Um, uh, the guy wanted to evade, you know, answering any questions and, you know, uh, not that he's going to be able to. I told him, uh, you know, we're going to show up at your doorstep and protest. Uh, just return the money. Uh, return the money or we'll show up at your doorstep or or one of your hearings uh, and make it uh, publicly known. But how many of you have not seen the Greg Reese piece? Speak up down the Rumble chat thread and locals uh, did not see all of it. I'm going to I want to play that. Uh, all the way through. Uh, couple things I'm going to play for you, and then uh, interspersed will be housekeeping because, ladies and gentlemen, right now, more than ever, more than ever, we need your support. That support either comes direct, which that's literally dried up. Um, I got $1 this morning on locals, um, and I don't think we've got any, any rants at all. Uh, we will essentially, uh, if you guys want us to go away, we'll just continue that trend and poof, we're gone in a matter of days. We live on the edge. When we have setbacks like this, it hurts us even more, believe it or not. Um, so SAP1234, I'm going to play that. When are we going to talk about AI saying the moon landing was fake? Aha. When are we? When are we going to talk about that? Um, and, and that's exactly what I was referring to. Uh, that Greg Reese piece uh, is bombshell. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take things. Uh, I'm going to be a little bit more relaxed uh, today. We're going to hit some stuff. And then uh, I'm going to keep the stream going. Um, and sit back with you. Play some stuff in the background as well. Um, so a little bit more of a relaxed setting. I want you guys to... Uh, chat, um, enjoy the content that I'll put up here uh, momentarily. It's important content. Uh, told Putin, it told Putin it was faked, Pete. Yes, yes, you're you're, you're giving away my uh, my my release of this video. This is what I'm going to play. That's the Greg Reese uh, piece on NASA. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna grab that right here. Oh, my goodness, you guys, we have been under attack the past couple of days uh, as well. But, you know, we get through it. I'm not going to complain about it. Um, we might have some domestic actors 
uh, that have been after us. Uh, and I'm not going to give them the enjoyment because what they do is they attack and then they listen. Did we get to him? Did we get? No, you do not get to me. Uh, I scramble. I fix it. And we move on. But you will never, ever, ever get me down. I haven't done it for 11 years. Never lost my composure. I just fix stuff. We recover. Uh, I was able to. Shoot, it was three hours this morning. I had to work on my stuff. Um, and then we ended up getting the stream up and going so that we could get back together with you uh, while I was doing other stuff uh, behind the scenes. All right, where is it? Come on. Where is it? Mm -mm -mm -mm. All right, we're going to find this thing here momentarily. Uh, and then I've got uh, I've got to share some stuff with you. What the hell? Did I put that? I, did, I know I didn't put that away. I did not. Uh, hold on one second. Just give me a second. And uh, uh, like I said, I'm going to be a lot less uh, formal uh, today. Yeah, I got the NSA calling me now. Hmm. hilarious when viewers get my telephone number and they just call relentlessly is is the reason why I don't give out my uh, my number um, I don't now let me uh, let me find this thing uh, for the ripple wine absolutely mad dog 2020 uh, is one level below that. Putin definitely looked uh, surprised. Uh, let me find. I had that. I don't know what's going on over there, but that's okay. That's quite all right. We're steak and potatoes. We bang pots and pans. Hi, how are you? What was that noise? Uh, is everyone doing okay over there? Everyone getting settled in? Mm -mm -mm. All right. Uh, you know what I am going to do? Um, I'm going to share this with you, uh, because I do want, as I, I'm going to get that NASA video here momentarily. Um, for those of you that haven't seen the new country video, he's a great artist that you're about to hear from here momentarily, I promise you. You'll love it. Okay, here it is. Uh, his name is Robert Lane. He's from Georgia. And if you haven't uh, heard of him, uh, here it is. Uh, now, let's see how you guys are doing on your own uh, when nobody's watching. You know, they say uh, the character of a human being is what they do when no one's watching. So what have you guys been doing? Thousands of people have come through. Um, probably about 15 plus thousand people have come through. Let's see how many of them actually match that rumble button. Well, see, there you go. Um, we have 202 of the almost 15,000 people that have come through have matched that button. So what is the character of our, of our group? Not to, you know, disparage our group, but, um, uh, don't wait to be told to do stuff. You know, white, lazy, poor Americans do that. 
Okay. I, not, not just poor. Poor is different. Talking about almost intentional infliction of poor. Uh, people that don't go to work, they sit on drugs. That, that's what happens. They, they have to be told what to do. They have to be told to step up and save their country. They have to be told that, you know, that they need to put the garbage out on Wednesday. Um, don't be a white person. As they say, we always joke about that uh, here in the Santilli household. Deb Jordan, are you settled in? I am. You are? Okay. Yeah. I'm going to play uh, the Rob Lane uh, video, and I'm going to be doing a little shucking and jiving and shaking as we go into overtime. And also, at the same time, we're transitioning now. We have to wind down from the morning show and then transition to get ready uh, for the afternoon show and the interviews and all that stuff. So, uh, welcome. You get your your uh, glasses are, are fogged up. Yeah. I'm going to play Rob <laughs> Lane. Here we go. All right. You guys enjoy this. If you Hi, haven't everyone. seen it, watch it all the way through. Ah, uh, really? Is that correct? Hold on a second. Uh, as I said, we have had network issues. So, mm -hmm. so what I need to do is I need to fix something. You're going to have to give me a second. We will get it fixed. This is unbelievable. This discombobulation and reconfiguration. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's see if we can do it. Stereo one, two. I hope it plays through. Nice. That's going to work. <laughs> All right. All right. That's going to work. Can you imagine what they what they do, what the, all they have left folks, I'm telling you, um, all they have left is just, just getting, you know, uh, getting gender reassigned and flicking switches. Um, mm. so their ideas suck so bad that what they have to do, I mean, the, the men, okay. The men, the beef eating real men in America. Mm -hmm. Um, Look to the other side and say, "You're a, you're, you're a femme," and and then all of a sudden they just mass gravitate and become women, right? Yeah. They end up becoming ugly women, so they go that one step further. Mm. It's called the trans tard movement, okay? Mm. But this is up against real men. You know, yeah. you look over, you say, "Oh my goodness." You're feminine. They say, "Yes, I am," and I'm, I'm transitioning. And then they transition. They become ugly right oh man you, ugly. Know what I you know what i tell people you know what i tell people is exactly what i just told them girls girls who think they're really a boy and want to go through all this surgery and everything right get their boobs cut off and you know what i tell them i said just give it time you'll look more and more like a man the older you get you're not allowed to talk to them no <laughs> No, uh, hospitals yeah. like St. Luke's has to talk to them because they're, they've got money on the line, you mm. know. Uh, mm -hmm. And don't try to intervene because they will destroy you like they're doing to Ammon Bundy. Right. Because you know? he's messing up their gig, their mm -hmm. old CPS 
uh, child trafficking and kidnapping operation. Yeah. Can't say anything about that. That's defamatory, right? Yeah. By the way, everything I just said is all my opinion. It's opinion. Based on the information I get. So if you want to go ahead and sue me and try to destroy me. Um, That's I what got, we heard. I got a bucket of corn nuts over here. You can come get it. <laughs> all right. I'll surrender it to you. There you go. All right. Here we go. Day with a look of frustration on his face. I said, Son, sit down and tell me what's wrong. He said, Dad, I don't know what my gender is. Yeah, the teacher's been filling his head with. So I took the time to put his little mind at ease. Yeah, we let him go, we let him pass on by. Why this trip our freedoms when we don't comply? Start ourselves a county grand jury. Not a right, but a duty. Throw all the corrupt. Spending begging on the bus. It's gonna be a epic revival. Rekindling of a fire. From the remnant that's been silent way too long. Can you hear the We are the way, the solution To keep all those that work for us in check And we learn how to die, forgotten how to live And we're so bound to the laws of man Can't see the freedom for security Not me Gonna start ourselves a county grand jury
taught ourselves the county grand jury. Not a right, but a duty. Throw out the corrupt. you beautiful people. My name is Rob Lane. Just wanted to give you a brief overview and let you know that uh, that I'm just a blue collar worker, the same as all the rest of you out there. I live in southern Georgia. And like most of you, I have been working, working, working just to try to stay ahead and try to pay the bills. And it seems like we're all just getting further and further behind. And on top of that, we got so much corruption going on within our our county governments, our state governments, our federal government, obviously. And then they're trying to teach our children certain things that shouldn't be taught instead of teaching them what needs to be taught. And like most of you, I have been just trusting the plan or I have been waiting on a president to come back in office. It's going to turn the country around and save us. And then one day I'm listening to one of my favorite Patriot podcasters and a gentleman from tacticalcivics.com, the founder, was on there and as a guest and started speaking and for the first time in my entire life I was able to hear the full-bodied solution to take back our country and restore it to the forefathers design and if you are one of those patriots that is tired of sitting on a fence that is tired of trusting a plan that just seems to never come and understands that a president doesn't have the authority to restore a nation, that that was given to the people, to the people, to we the people, by our forefathers, then I encourage you to come on over to tacticalcivics.com. Now, when you go on, you open that page. Don't hit the, don't hit the join now button just yet. Scroll down. There's a little small 11-minute video right there. Watch that video. As soon as you watch that video, if you feel compelled because you are the remnant, you are one of we the people, 
and you are ready and you feel like you are part of that remnant that is ready to do something and help us restore the Republic to the forefathers original design. You've heard the phrase freedom is not free. If you hear the call, if you, if you can heed my call and you hear my call, then I encourage you to come join us. It's time to stand up Patriots. It's time to stand up. It's time to get down on our knees and thank God for what he inspired our forefathers to create. It's time to get back to what freedom really is. And that's just an encouragement. I'd like to ask everybody. Now, of course, I ask you to mash the rumble button. A very small percentage of you are willing to do that. I ask you to get involved in your local community. A very small percentage uh, is going to do that. Uh, but Deb Jordan, um, yeah. how many people does it take uh, to to take our country back? Just enough. Just enough. That's yeah. right. And you can either, you know, look your children in the eyes and and say, you know, I participated in it. Or you can say, you know what? We were all just a bunch of consuming feeders and mm -hmm. beneficiaries of the work that other people did. Uh, but it's a proud moment. If you step up, get in where you fit in. Do what it, whatever you can do. Um, you know, if you want to hand out water at a local event, um, if you want to meet people, if you want to be a community organizer, whatever it is that you decide to do, um, you know, they say that one option is not to sit there and continue to do nothing. Um, mm. But, you know, I can't force you. Uh, what's beautiful about it is what we sell is freedom uh, and you have to come to it willingly. Uh, and you also have free will uh, to accept uh, God, right? Mm-hmm. I might say the Lord as your savior, but that'll scare people away because they said, Lord, savior, it's all hocus pocus. God forbid. No, it's not. <laughs> uh -huh. All right. I found um, Deb. And then when we come back, uh, I have an important, right after this thing, I have a couple of important announcements to make. Okay. Yeah. One is about my physical well-being. I have an announcement. Mm -hmm. It may shock you. Um, I'm not here to shock you, but I'm here to uh, deliver the truth. And I'm going to do it, good or bad, whether you like it or not, as they say on the Pete Santilli Show. So stay right there. We're going to play Greg Reese's piece. Pay close attention here. I'm going to play it all the way through. Pay very close attention. Former head of Russia's space agency says that the Apollo moon landings were fake. And in a recent video going around, Vladimir Putin is briefed that several moon landing images are considered to be fake by artificial intelligence. Yeah. 
There's a great deal of human intelligence who do not believe that the Apollo moon missions were authentic. And here are some of the reasons why. NASA was run by former Nazi Werner von Braun, who was beholden to the U.S. government for secretly importing him into the country via Project Paperclip, as were the dozens of other Nazis who joined him to work as rocket scientists, all of them with a good reason to keep a secret. And the overwhelming majority of astronauts were Freemasons and the sons of Freemasons. Freemasons swear on their lives to keep the secrets they are entrusted with. Why on earth would anyone trust NASA? If the moon landing was real, it would have been a miraculous achievement because NASA was failing at every level of the mission and did not believe they would be able to achieve their goal. In 1967, government inspector Thomas Barron testified before congressional investigators that the Apollo program was failing. Six days after his testimony, he was killed with his wife and child when a train crashed into his car. Astronaut Gus Grissom held an unauthorized press conference where he criticized the program and said it would take another 10 years to fly to the moon. Five days later, he was killed on the job. Gus Grissom's last words were, how are we going to get to the moon if we can't talk between two or three buildings? Hey, how are you going to get to the moon if we can't talk between three buildings? I can't hear that you saying. Moments later, the Apollo 1 command module caught fire, killing astronauts Grissom, White, and Chaffee. Several key members of the Apollo mission resigned just months before the mission. What NASA had been successful at was a massive marketing operation that put space travel into the zeitgeist of American pop culture. And they had spent billions creating multiple sound stages with realistic models of the moon to begin producing simulations of the moon landing. NASA had several problems to solve. Problems with communications, the rockets, and the lunar module. But one of their biggest obstacles was deadly radiation. In order to reach the moon, one has to pass through what is known as the Van Allen radiation belt. And NASA announced in 2014 that this was still a problem when they launched an unmanned spacecraft to try to solve it. Radiation like this could harm the guidance systems, onboard computers, or other electronics on Orion. Naturally, we have to pass through this danger zone twice, once up and once back. But Orion has protection. Shielding will be put to the test as the vehicle cuts through the waves of radiation. Sensors aboard will record radiation levels for scientists to study. We must solve these challenges before we send people through this region of space. Aside from the Apollo moon missions, no one has ever gone past the Van Allen radiation belt. The Apollo moon mission had no protection against the radiation and astronauts don't even seem to know about it. Any ill effects from the Van Allen radiation belts? 
No. Now, I'm not sure we went far enough out to to encounter the Van Allen radiation belt. Maybe we did. The belts are 1,000 miles to 25,000 miles above the Earth. We, then we went right out through them. According to NASA, we can go no higher than low Earth orbit. The plan that NASA has is to build a rocket called SLS, which is a heavy lift rocket. It's something that is that is much bigger than what we have today, and it will be able to launch the Orion capsule with humans on board, as well as uh, landers or other uh, components to via, to destinations beyond Earth orbit. Right now, we only can fly in Earth orbit. That's the farthest that we can go, and this new system that we're building is going to allow us to go beyond and hopefully take humans into the solar system to explore. So the moon, Mars, asteroids, there's a lot of destinations that we could go to. In the documentary film, a funny thing happened on the way to the moon. The three astronauts of Apollo 11 are seen in low Earth orbit, figuring out how to stage a fake image for the camera. This film was recorded when the Apollo 11 was said to be nearing lunar orbit and we can see and hear them manipulating the shot to make the Earth appear to be thousands of miles away, when in fact they have blacked out the inside of the craft and are blocking off the window facing the surface to make it look like the Earth at a distance. When we hear Houston radio approval for the shot, the astronauts do not respond until an unknown third party can be heard whispering talk. The astronauts are told they are being pre-recorded and edited for a subsequent live broadcast. Buzz Aldrin explains how they shut out the sun to achieve the illusion of the one window being the Earth in the black of space. And with direction from Houston, they get it to look right for the camera. We then hear the portion meant for the public, with Neil Armstrong claiming to be 130,000 miles from Earth and describing a single camera pressed up against the window to achieve the shot. But in the unedited footage, we see objects passing between the camera and the window. We see a work light in the dark. And finally, when they are done with their hoax, the final few frames reveal the truth. Protecting humans in this radiation wasn't the only problem. The high-end Hasselblad camera had no protection against radiation, and there is no explanation as to how it was able to take photographs in negative 200 degree weather with a constant bombardment of cosmic radiation. And the pictures themselves are full of anomalies. According to the official story, the only external light source was the sun, but in all these photographs, there appears to be only artificial light, hot spots, and fall-off areas, when it should be as bright as a desert on Earth. And if the sun were the only light source, then all shadows would run parallel to each other. But in these photos, shadows either run perpendicular to each other, proving multiple light sources, or in others, the shadows are divergent, proving a single local light source. Shadows created by sunlight have a sharp edge. Shadows created by artificial light have fuzzy edges. 
Even the camera expert from Hasselblad agrees that these photos were shot using artificial light sources. Yes, it, it seems like he's standing in the spotlight. <laughs> and I can't explain that. Uh, that, that escapes me. <laughs> Why? The photographs all appear to have been taken on a professionally lit soundstage, which could have easily been part of their billion dollar simulation project. And when you compare scenes from the Apollo moon landing footage with scenes from Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey, there is strong evidence that the exact same technology was used. In the late 60s, a state-of-the-art front projection system developed by Scotchlight allowed Kubrick to simulate expansive backgrounds by projecting them onto a large screen made with small glass beads. The giveaway for this cinematic trickery is that the foreground must always hide the bottom of the Scotchlight projection screen in the background. In order to do this, the bottom of each set needs to have a complete horizon line between the set in the foreground and the screen in the background. And we can see this signature in all the Apollo images. We can also see light refraction off the glass beads in the Scotchlight screen. The lunar module appears to be cheaply constructed with tinfoil and scotch tape. And the 10,000-pound thrust rocket on this flimsy craft didn't even leave a mark in the ground beneath it. There is no moisture or discernible atmosphere on the moon, and yet we can see mud and dust being flung into the air. In an original recording between Houston and astronauts on the moon, a reply is heard instantly, which would not be possible from that distance. Roger, Jim, copy. And are you progressing towards Dune Crater now? Yes. The same recording was then edited for a public broadcast, and four seconds were added. Roger, Jim, copy. And are you progressing towards Dune Crater now? And when they supposedly left, there was no visible flame on the lunar module, even though hypergolic fuel visibly burns in a vacuum. And we never hear the 140 decibel rocket engine, which the astronauts are sitting on top of. 30 feet down, two and a half, picking up some dust. Four forward, four forward, drift into the right a little. During takeoff, when it would have been burning at its loudest, an astronaut plays a musical recording, accentuating how quiet it is inside the craft. An official moon rock given to Holland by Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin was tested and found to be petrified wood from Earth. The lunar module designs have been thrown away, videotapes are missing, and all of the telemetry data, which could be used as evidence of the moon mission, is also somehow missing.
we we've been unable to 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 track it down i mean we don't know uh where this this telemetry data ended up and we don't know the what what path it may have taken so <laughs> unfortunately i'm afraid i can't really give you much of a clue as to as to where this data ended up greg reese reporting Thank you for Deb Jordan. Yes. That was a remarkable video. Some mm -hmm. people didn't see it last mm -hmm. night. Right. Yesterday when we played it, it mm -hmm. it's an important one though. It uh, is. These hoaxes that keep getting uh they're perpetrated uh, upon us. Mm -hmm. Um the lies that are propagated to us, uh, the death that is brought upon us, it's done by a small group of people. Sure. Much smaller than the people that are listening to us right now. Well, Imagine, we outnumber the people that are killing us. A small group of people mm -hmm. that control a large, a very large group of people can get a lot done. Oh, and they certainly are. I think mm -hmm. kill a lot of people. Sure. Um, but uh, we 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 have to get everybody properly educated, mm -hmm. okay? uh, uh, properly informed, and you know, quite frankly, uh, Americans have become you know a bunch of cowards to tell you the truth. Mm. Uh, generally, they'd rather you know rather than confront their sister, you know, uh, that's an epidemiologist and tell her off for being <laughs> a freaking eugenicist. Uh, you know, yeah. they, they avoid conflict. People like me. They avoid people like you. No, uh, people like me avoid my sister. Uh, right? Uh, you know. What? I've... I've become a coward, haven't I? <laughs> no. I'm afraid of my sister. No, we uh, all are. You know, it's I've our families. We don't want to... We don't, we don't want to destroy our family relationships. Right. Anyway. Right. And we don't. And really, when you tell them things like this, it just doesn't compute. They will never, ever believe it. And so why waste your breath? Mm -mm -mm. You know, and your well-being and your peace and everything else, mm. you know. I can size a person up pretty quickly, I think, when... You know, when I first meet them or, um, you know, even somebody who's been a longtime friend or somebody in my family, if, you know, you, you talk about certain things and, you you know, when you get your reaction, it pretty, pretty well sums up who they are. So, I mean, what is the sense in going any further? You're never going to change their mind ever, ever. You know, you're just not. So... Sometimes you're just like, oh, good grief, right? They have to, they have to live, Pete, and they have to learn for themselves. There are some people who are going to go uh, to, they're going to go to the gas chambers or the or the fun camp, Hillary Clinton's fun camps, mm. and they're not even going to put up a fight. I mean, they're just not, and they'll still be saying. What a wonderful, wonderful person uh, Hillary Clinton is. And, and they'll be down on their knees worshiping the government 
and thanking them for giving them a safe place to stay. You know, that's yes. what is that's what that's what we're reduced to. Um, I have a um, an important video. I won't be able to play it all the way through. It's pretty lengthy, mm-hmm. um, but I think it'll be enough to make the point. Um, is it a little bit more mm, intellectual, philosophical? Uh, sure. So just separate the bullshit, okay, mm-hmm. and try to figure out uh, what is being uh, said here by this guy. That uh, you know, I want to get your commentary if you want. If you want me to stop it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and say, oh, this is all hocus pocus and I don't believe in it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if you agree with it, he says some really important things. Um, hold on one second. Hey, Tom, I'm live right now. What's that? Oh, play that audio. Absolutely. I'm about to play it for my audience. Yeah, put it. Put it on blast. That's awesome. Thanks, Tom. Thank you so much. All right, bye. He was calling to get permission. Um, oh, did you hear my call to uh, Congressman Wenstrup? No. By chance? You no. didn't? I did okay. not. Uh going to go this is going to go public okay right now he's actually going to go he's going to go play it on a on a on a show from what i understand um so you you guys want me to that good huh huh that good huh he said i'm going to go tell the whole world that you're a freaking stud (laughs) that's what tom rents just said to me that's so funny i consider that uh a high honor i'm you you should i try to remain humble uh, so i can disguise my arrogance Right? Yeah. You think you, that's you don't have to do that. Huh? You don't have to do that. I don't? No. Why you don't not? have to hide anything. I'm not going to. All right. Hold on one second, okay? Um, I'm going to play this. I'll get that video queued up for us. Um, I'm going to play this video that is important, all right? Mm-hmm. And the video is titled, I Can't Overstate how dire this is and it's brett weinstein is dave rubin's guest dave rubin's guest no less right the poor what? guy what do you mean he's just out there huh he is but uh listen to what weinstein says you don't need to like dave rubin okay does that sound fair no that's very fair mm-hmm. okay uh listen to uh this guy named brett weinstein he makes mm-hmm. some pretty good points here all right a little bit slow, but don't worry about it. Just pay attention to it. It's so significant. It, it is that moment in time where we've reached a point of no return. And I don't know if we're going to be able to do anything about it. All right. So listen to his case here. Here we go. Oh, sorry. That isn't for, you know, Western We are literally talking about the future of the human race and whether there will be one. So if that doesn't get you to 
stand up and face the enemy, irrespective of what it is. You know, if the enemy is all powerful and it's going to destroy, stand up. Then the point is, what that will do is it will destroy everyone else shortly thereafter. So you're not saving yourself right, that much. You still by have not, no choice. You might as well face the thing. And the lesson of, frankly, the woke revolution and uh, COVID and much else is that actually you might be surprised that you end up on the winning team, and that feels pretty good. <laughs> Imagine how screwed up my audio is. This is so London at the ARC conference about a month or five weeks ago or so, and we agreed to do it again. So here we are, and you're you're in a suit this time. I've never seen this profession. I don't think I've ever seen you tie. Are you going into a new work? What's going on here? Well, Dave, I think it's incumbent on that appropriately we are at war at some level i think sort of across the board we're at war with our institutions with we're at war with our sense-making apparatus we seem to be politically at war with everybody i guess why don't we just start there what what is on your mind the most at this very moment well i'm concerned that we are kind of war that none of us have seen previously and that this is a war that actually must be won, that were we to fail to win the war to, I don't even think defending the West is possible at this point, but rekindle it from what means. Oh my God. War, then where we're going. For, Are you doing that? No. It's doing that on its really. own, huh? And, you know, wow. I wish there was more nuance. They've literally gotten into but all my computers just scrambled everything. Time. All right, so let's do the black. Look, <laughs> it'll speed up. What is the black pill? Where is it that you see us going that we don't rekindle? Going to end up at what? Is oh, my God. Um, as we may have talked about in London. Give me just a second, folks. to restart my sound card them uh, just simply narrowly trying to advance your genes into the future at the expense of other people's genes and that looks like lineages battling with each other sometimes it's genocide sometimes it's war sometimes it's more cryptic than that but it really is uh, it is about what we have come to call race and then there is what that's sort of the battles of the old days in some respects. Yes, that was that was all there was for yeah. a very long time. And in fact, that is the, the crucible that shaped our species. And it happens that in more recent history, we've discovered a better way. And that involves putting aside lineage level concerns and collapse. Nah. Collaborator. Really, that idea has to take over the whole world. That is humanity's future if we're to have one. And unfortunately, the I think what has happened is that what allowed a civilization based on reciprocity to thrive was uh, a commitment to the consent of the governed. And the problem is for the rent-seeking elites that have 
that have hoarded so much power, the idea of the consent of the governed is very frightening because it can take power away from them at any moment and ward it to somebody else. And, you know, that is indeed a frightening prospect, but they've spired against it. And what is going to happen is that that beautiful system, which, you know, we never completed, but the system that was being erected in the West, uh, when it collapses, it's going to return us to that lineage against lineage conflict um, because that is the more fundamental, more stable state. And unfortunately, if the world returns to that mode with present level of technology and weaponry, we aren't going to just get through it and a hundred years from now emerge to rediscover what we once knew. I really don't think we'll be here. All right. Now, everyone watching this knows that I'm not going to let you just black pill us the whole time. And I know that that's not your intention. And yeah. actually, your life's work is to, to not do that at all, but just to give the devil his due and do as much of what you just discussed as we can. So would you say it's something like we've had, you know, 250 plus years of the Enlightenment that got us past much of the tribal stuff and now we're we're just at the end of it does, does does this feel inevitable where we're at at the moment especially if you look at what's happened you know since october 7th where we're now seeing a new version of tribalism burst forth does it seem like the obvious end of enlightenment liberalism unfortunately something that guys like you and i tried to defend very hard before it was cool i guess right and while there was still more opportunity yeah. it's now later unfortunately yeah. in, in that uh in that history but i think it was not inevitable but in order to avoid it we needed to recognize what we had and not delude ourselves about how complete the job had been in other words recognizing that we had effectively discovered the the broad structure that we needed to live by and had never fully achieved it right obviously the founders of the american experiment simultaneously understood that nobody needed to be given advantage over anybody else or it was essential that they not have advantage over anybody else at the same time they preserved slavery so mm -hmm. it was never perfect it was at best a prototype but we had to recognize what that prototype implied about what kind of world we could have and then we needed to defend it with everything we had we needed to defend it and we needed to i don't even want to say complete it because that that implies that you're going to get there right really, there's no there there you're going to approach it yeah. right you're going to get to a place where the gap between the system you have and the system that you're trying that you're shooting for you understand is, what he's saying so mm -hmm. small it's, it's not worth messing anything up over what do you think the closest we've ever got to that was like to, i always say on the show now if we could just reverse it to 1995 we're probably probably pretty good well yes and no i think 1995 is not a bad estimate of the closest we got right and, and just as a proxy for it the degree to which one's race for lack of a better term mattered was probably at a low ebb at that point yeah it didn't matter at the level of zero it mattered right and certain races mattered more than others but everybody understood all of the decent people understood that it was desirable to have a world in which everybody had access to the market nobody was barred because of where they came from and we have now lost touch with that obviously we've we've embraced the idea that nothing matters more and of course that is going to produce uh, a revival of all of the ancient rivalries and a bunch of new ones and it just doesn't look 
survivable. And what's more, I think if you could just simply teleport everybody for a couple of days into the future that they are toying with delivering us all to, they would recognize instantly that the loss that they were that they were contemplating was just unthinkable. What if you could teleport the other way? So what if we could teleport to 1995, assuming it's a roughly, it's not the exact year, but ballparking, that things were better. What would you tell the people of 1995 you're supposed to do in the face of this? Because that's what I keep coming back to. A bunch of us were screaming about this. Clearly that wasn't enough. Yep. So what would you tell the people of 30 years ago? How are you going to fix this? That is an extremely difficult thought problem. And in fact, I fear that the answer is short of, by the way, I'm from the future. I know you're not going to believe that, but if you can get over that one thing, if I can establish that one thing for you, then I've got a message about what's about to happen and what you have to do to prevent it and why it matters, right? That you could do. But if there's no way to convey, hey, actually, I've seen where this goes and it's not good. Right. So you then, need Marty telling Doc that he fell off the toilet to figure out the flux capacitor. But short of that, kind of screwed. I think so, because I know, you know, actually, it's funny. Heather and I uh, just sort of private thought experiment, you know, because we knew each other in high school. I'm often saying to her, don't you wish that we could uh, just tell our high school selves about the present and <laughs> what would they say right and the answer is it's not plausible yeah the idea that we would get here is is unimaginable and i think people i don't want to say would rightly reject the message because it would sound too preposterous but of course it would i mean we're fighting about whether men can become women whether you know, pedophilia is a sexual orientation that you can do nothing about and we should be tolerant of whether two plus two really equals four. I mean, literally, there is nothing There's left that we can agree on. Nothing. So, okay. So short of being able to prove that you were from the future, is there anything in retrospect that we could have done? Again, that's the thing that I still seem to be hung up on. Is this all inevitable, that the system was going to collapse, the algorithms were going to grapple hold of us, the, the, uh, the rent seekers, as you're talking about, and the elite, like all of it was inevitably going to get us to this civilizational moment? Well, there are a couple things that go into it which were probably necessary ingredients, and so maybe if you could prevent one of them, you'd, you'd be somewhere better. And I, the two that come to mind most directly. Um, I think there was a terrible misstep with atheism. And what it did was it unhooked a set of protections, some of which really weren't no longer necessary, many of which were still essential, but for reasons that were not literally explained in the documents in question. And I know because for while I was pretty close to the only evolutionary biologist trying to bridge this gap and speaking to religious people and saying, look, my colleagues are telling you you're sick with a mind virus. I know that's not right. Mm -hmm. um, doesn't mean that what you think took place literally happened. And we have to have that conversation. What if what you believe is important, but literal, right? Getting there from an evolutionary perspective, if we could have done that earlier and not rarely flirted with the idea that, you know, simple atheism was somehow a sophisticated way of navigating 
through life, mm -hmm. then maybe um, we could have, maybe those people who had long-standing traditions that contained wisdom uh, that might have prevented this would have had more power when it mattered. I really think um, that's so, a so you must be pleased then in that there doesn't seem to be much of an atheist movement left in America. I don't know, pleased is the right word, but it does, you know, I think that the Sam Harris, Jordan Peterson debates sort of put an end to that movement in America. As they should have, but yeah. I'm not thrilled with what I'm seeing replace it. And I think there's a, you know, let's put it this way. If we take your question about what could we have said to the people of 1995 to get them to save us from the world of 2023, um, the, the coming calamity that is going to happen if we just simply embrace the religious doctrines, philosophies, and values of the past and hope that we can now ride out the storm, that's when we could stop now by having a conversation that says, look, it was wrong to dispense with these compendiums of wisdom that we've been handed in all of these traditions. But those compendiums of wisdom were built by natural selection in an environment we no longer live in. And so we are, we are stuck in a terrible problem, which is you can't embrace the solutions of the past to get out of the problems of the present, and you can't abandon the solutions of the past because they're outdated, because you'll end up abandoning all sorts of stuff that matters in ways you don't know about. So that is, I, I don't want to candy coat it. Yeah. There's no simple solution to that that doesn't involve um, repeatedly injuring ourselves as a civilization as we discover which fraction of those traditions is still relevant, which fraction has become uh, toxic and inappropriate, what it should be replaced with. That's a very long-term puzzle that you can only solve if you're careful about it. There's no, there's no solution you can deliver in the present and say, here's the subset of those traditions that's still relevant. Here's the part that needs to be Placed. Here's what it needs to be replaced with. That's an evolutionary process that's going to do it. What does that tell you about the evolutionary process of the forces that have led us here on the negative side? So if the forces on the positive side and the ideas of, of classical liberalism, let's say, and the things that have been good for the 250, the last 250 years, if those are pretty good but clearly faltering, what does it tell you about the bad ideas that somehow got into the system? There are a couple of concepts. Maybe I'll step back one second. What we teach people, even before the academy went completely insane, the set of things that we would teach somebody on the way to graduating college was um, pretty arbitrary. It was not the set of things that you would really want to have on board in order to live a, a, a a life where, in which you were empowered to do meaningful things. It was just sort of some sort of things that people had taught in the past and seemed like they were still useful. Are you saying lesbian badminton 201 isn't... Uh... <laughs> no, I mean, even, even really almost everything. You know, yeah. we don't teach the right geology, frankly, in order to understand what kind of a planet you live on. The biology we teach is not focused on the things that actually allow you to figure out how to evaluate claims about a medication or a food or 
we just we we are teaching a, an arbitrary curriculum, and it's now gotten and it's turned into a toxic curriculum. But arbitrary wasn't very good, and so one of the things that but I would, do you think that was arbitrary, or do you think that was by design? I mean, when, when all the liberal arts colleges started teaching all of this nonsense instead of teaching. I don't know, say either better at STEM subjects or, or financial literacy, let's say, yep. which nobody learned in high school, and then they get to college and then they don't even teach it. Do you think, is that arbitrary or is that intentional? The last chapter clearly involves a whole hell of a lot of sabotage. And mm -hmm. frankly, you know, the folks who uh, invented postmodernism were pretty straightforward about the fact that they were interested in sabotage, so it shouldn't surprise us. But I mean, even before that, um, we were dealing with a chaotic collection of ideas that weren't to get, we, we, we left a lot of value on the table for no good reason. And so one thing I would do is I would look at certain concepts that are just disproportionately important. You know, I didn't learn about Chesterton's fence until, I don't know, 2016, maybe even later. Right, Chesterton's fence is an incredibly important principle. The precautionary principle is incredibly important. The relevance that these things have to the battle between, and I don't even want to say battle, the tension between yeah. conservatism and progressivism, which is a natural tension. I think if you kill either of those things off, you end up in one disaster or another. So understanding that um, just because you don't know why something that we do is there doesn't mean it's actually pointless. And you damn well better keep track of what happens. If you decide something like the rules of interaction between the sexes, if you think, oh, that's just, you know, that, that's it's prudishness, it's oppressive, it's, you know, whatever force you want to attribute it to it. We're, we're wiser than that. We know we're, you know, we're just primates and let's just get over it and stop pretending sex is something other than it is. Okay, you know, there's not that there's no truth in that. There is some truth in it. But when you get rid of all those rules, mm -hmm. you invite a whole lot of chaos that you didn't anticipate. And it is incumbent on you at least to track the consequences of the change and see how they match with what you thought was going to happen. If we had done that, right, if we were comparing the world of 2023 with the world of 1960, we could say, oh, there are some things that are quite a bit better. And then there are a whole bunch of things that are a whole lot worse. And we could start looking at cause and effect and say, actually, we could get the best of both of those worlds without paying the huge price we do by, you know, drawing a line here. But is the problem, is the inherent problem with that is that that's just not how humans or organize or or actually respond to things so for example you could say like gay marriage to me was a completely just obviously a completely just mission in that it was equality for people to live the way they wish there probably should have been a discussion around it while going okay well what's going to come after this then and now this radical trans thing which has nothing to do with equality and now is an assault on science and biology and blah blah that there should have you're basically asking for well can there be like a post-mortem on the good things so we don't let in the bad things but it's almost just not how humans operate right we just look then for the next thing and that i guess is the problem you're right this is exactly how we do things. I get one show. No, you're you're right on target. Um, but notice notice this. 
we embrace stuff because we see some problem that's galling to us and we want to solve it, right? That's the progressive instinct. And so we tear apart some rule that seems antiquated to us. And we notice that, you know, yeah, we've liberated ourselves in some way. And then 20 years later, 30 years later, we discover, holy crap, we liberated ourselves in this way. And then we constrained ourselves in some other way. And we have to do a net analysis. And that the carnage is tremendous if you did that. Mm -hmm. If you did it one thing at a time, it would be bad enough, right? The, the needless losses of doing it that way would be intolerable, in my opinion. But when you do it, on every right, we're, do, we're doing it this way now instead of occasionally kind of moving up the ladder or something we are revolutionizing our civilization each decade which means you don't get time to even figure out what the consequences of the last change you made are before you're somehow on to some next monumental change there is no i mean anybody who has gotten good at let's say making a car run knows you can't do this right? If you have a problem with a car, it's not running, right? You change one thing at a time and you figure out which thing causes it suddenly to run. Now you know what the problem is, you know what to do. If you say, well, you know, the car doesn't run. It could be the starter. It could be the alternator. It could be the battery. It could be the wiring harnesses and you change them all and it still doesn't run. You don't know that you didn't change the thing that was broken and introduce another thing that wasn't working and that it's now not running for a whole new reason. Right? You can't do it that way. So one of the lessons here is the rebellion into conservatism is largely right because we've done a lot of foolish things and we've done it too fast and too many of them, but it cannot be allowed to silence the progressive instinct because the way we got here is through progressivism. So what would be left that that the progressive instinct should be looking at then, right? Uh, you know, interesting. I would say, you know, I've like everyone else, I've seen um, a tremendous amount of evidence suggesting that the story that we've been given on climate is not a true story. It doesn't mean that there's no problem, although that's within the realm of possibility. But that fact i hear right, more towards that right at here. this point because i think we've been fed so much nonsense yeah. on so much Shoot that it's just not if i'm looking at my hierarchy of things i'm voting for and thinking about it's not in the top 10. you just you just said the thing though which is if you look at the kinds of bullshit we've been fed over a wide range of topics this looks more like that mm -hmm. and the problem is i listen um okay Let's get to it. You understand where we're at? You understand the comp now? Mm -hmm. Now, for the other side, uh, for instance, uh, uh, you know, uh, if he emphasized the point he does throughout this presentation a couple of times, I mean, it, it's, it's good and healthy to have mm -hmm. opposing sides because for one, it to is. operate yeah. monopolistically is bad. Mm -hmm. You know, if you let the Republicans run everything into the private sector, they're having checks mailed to their house. <laughs> Right? <laughs> right. Uh, and then yeah, I mean, the I left... really got what this guy was saying, and, it, and I oh. like what uh, Dave Rubin had to say. Mm -hmm. You know, of course, he is a homosexual, right? Mm -hmm. And he championed the right to get married uh, and, and have legal marriage for gay couples. He said, but he didn't stop to think about 
what this might open up in the future. Right. And, mm-hmm. and now he's saying, wow, if we could have taken a glimpse at the future, uh, doing what we were doing, then maybe we wouldn't have done it because now he says it opens up all this transgender stuff and the pedophilia and all of this stuff right now, you know, he's looking at it going, Oh man, maybe we should have been a little bit more, uh, you know, cognitive of and conscience conscious about what this might do to the future. So I, I have to give him kudos for that. Right. Yes, absolutely. I'm watching, we're expecting the vote on the Biden uh, impeachment. Mm-hmm. Um, can you imagine if they don't vote for a Biden impeachment uh, inquiry? Um, all right, I have something for you. Uh, Somebody wants to know why then, we're listening to a homosexual. Actually, Dave Rubin is a conservative and he's very, he's I listen a big, to everybody. He's a yeah. big influencer. And we listen, listen to, to Bill Maher. everything yeah. we can get our hands on, and then we yeah. decide. Um, yeah, but, I mean, if we sat in an but echo more, chamber, more, more of more than that, he is an American, and he has a right to oh, speak yeah. Yeah. and to say. Yeah, and absolutely. when we find, you know, I'm not a big fan of Dave Rubens. He is a, um, he's very much a DeSantis supporter. But there are times when something of interest happens on one of his podcasts, and the who who is the man who is the man speaking? I, I don't think I ever got really clear on that. His name is Brett Weinstein. His name is Brett Weinstein, right? He's Listen, a, he's a Jew. Why are you listening to a Jew? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's going to come next. <laughs> uh, but that's funny. But we. Listen there, he's making a valid point, even though it was very worded and it was very philosophical, someone said, and may have been just over somebody else's head. Put it down in your own mind, condense that down to the way you would say it. And the way you would say it is, you know, we have done so- We're not in a good place. In 1995, we were in a better place Mm -hmm. than we are today. But things were happening in the 90s that we didn't pay attention to that put us right here where we are. And that's what they're saying is that we need to become more aware of what's happening around us and the things that other people are doing that are in power around us that's going to affect us in 10 years, five years, 20 years, our children, and our grandchildren, and we need to start paying attention to that because people are making a mistake. Now, everything was, we got along in the 90s. There wasn't even a question of, of oh my gosh, that's a black person. Listen, uh, Pete, you know, by leaps and bounds by the 90s, um, you know, we were watching shows like Prince of Bel-Air, uh, The Cosbys. In the 60s and 70s, you would never, have imagined that that was going to happen and and what he's saying is instead of evolving and and progressing forward on the achievements that were made between the races we have because of everything that's going on and this marketing thing that's going on with gays and with uh 
the trans people and and our politics. You know, we're we're going back before the 90s and it's worse and everybody's at each other's throats and now all of a sudden it's all about race again. Are you a black That's person? Right. Are you a Jew? Are you yeah. a Muslim? Right? Are yeah. you an Italian? And this time it's gotten dangerous and are he's you? saying he's saying he's oh, saying God. where we're headed is war. It is a war between the races and all of these people in the United States. If it doesn't get pulled back, yeah. if we don't find a way yeah. to stop this, and hey, that's listen, what he's saying. Are you excited? Uh, first of all, about a couple things. Are you excited that? Um, are you excited that I lost a lot of weight? I am very excited that you, you lost. You're hitting right at 30, 35 pounds. It's yeah. in a month and a half. You look fantastic. Month and a half mm -hmm. on track. Every other day, I'm on a 21 days. You know. Uh, when I mentioned uh, the product mm -hmm. uh, and the the attitude that I learned from the people that developed the product, I said I wasn't even going to advertise. I was going to become a walking billboard. Yeah, you've All got right. a few days left. I think some, you've got like what? Um, some, you know, some a week and uh, a half left. Some supplementation uh, mm -hmm. is important. You know, your body's going to be you know kind of thrown off guard. But I mean, it's a it's a great way. Uh, for you to get, you know, ready in mind, body, and spirit for what is to come. So that's why I'm on a quick 21-day plan. And, I think, I think. And what, uh, uh, what I will, uh, go ahead. I think it's good to tell everybody uh, that on your fasting days, you do uh, intake a lot of fluids. Mm, uh, yeah. Yeah. So and, bio, you know, uh, you what is it sure called? Bio, you got the hard good, stuff. Well, listen to this. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, bio complete. All right. Cardio Miracle. is a great product. You got a supplement to do that. It's a yeah. radical thing. You need to make sure, uh, you know, you can have, you know, uh, some digestive issues because it's a shock to your system. Mm -hmm. Some things change and I'm not going to talk at, uh, about the very dramatic changes. But um, uh, speaking of uh, digestive issues, right, it's caused by a potential uh, toxin that's in uh, all of those healthy foods that you might, you know, be eating. Cause I'm on keto right now. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, scientists tell us, you know, eat these foods, eat these There's very multi-billion dollar industries telling us, um, what to eat. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course that fraudulent, uh, food pyramid, uh, that exists for the longest time. Is that the best thing for us? Mm -hmm. Um, there is a potential toxin that causes digestive issues according to you've heard of him dr gundry uh, mm -hmm. he's a world-renowned cardiologist um it's affecting millions of people nationwide and you know warning signs include weight gain not weight loss like i'm experiencing of course uh fatigue digestive discomfort stiff joints even skin problems um Dr. Gundry is going to explain this side effect. Um, side effects are often mistaken for normal signs of aging because digestive issues develop usually over a matter of years, sometimes even uh, decades. But listen, you can make yourself right. I can assure you I'm going to become living proof of that. You can, you can reverse the damage. Um, but I assure you that the damage is probably caused by you know, some of these healthy foods you've been told to eat. 
uh, by the mainstream. Uh, and it's far from normal. So the good news is you can easily help fix the problem uh, from your own home. You can watch uh, a video. It's very simple. You just have to know which foods to actually um, uh, eat that are healthy, which contain uh, this hidden potential toxin that you're going to find out about. Um, and you just actually go click the link. All right. And I have a special link for it. It's gutcleanseprotocol.com forward slash Pete. That's gutcleanseprotocol.com forward slash Pete. Or click the link down below. Watch the free video. Dr. Gundry, great guy. You're going to learn a lot through that. But um, uh, go check that out. I am literally uh, a walking billboard of Dr. Gundry's supplementation. is is great products. And you'll be hearing about it. Uh, more, but I'm on a 21-day a radical transformation to get myself ready in mind, body, and spirit. Mm -hmm. Every other day fasting, proper supplementation, and then I want everybody to say, "Wow, Pete, how the heck did you do that?" Mm -hmm. um, I really and want it's you not guys necessarily a strict keto diet that you're on. Mm -hmm. um, you actually have a lot of vegetables and a lot of meat. And natural carbs, right? Mm -hmm. uh, fruit, things like that. You'll grab watermelon right. or something like that. And uh, so really it's just a high-protein, low-carb That's right. diet. High-protein, low-carb. Yeah. Right? Yep. High and it's working. Carb. You look amazing. Yep. Do you want to yep. hear uh, Do you want to hear my I've uh, lost call? 22 pounds, by the way. Congratulations so. to you. <laughs> Uh, congratulations it's taken a month and a half, right? But uh, do you want to hear the uh, call that I made to uh, Congressman Wenstrup's office? I do. You do? You sure? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you sure? I'm positive. Just kidding. I'm positive. Senator Brad Wenstrup. This is Evan. How may I help you? Hi. What's your name? Evan. Hey, Evan, how are you? Um, you're in the Cincinnati office here, and I wanted to contact you. I'm a constituent. Uh, I also found out last night that Congressman Wenstrup has taken upwards of $168,000 from pharmaceutical companies. Is that is that accurate? Because uh, I checked, um, was it Open Secrets? You know what I'm going to do? Mm. Uh, I, I'm going to uh, record this and put it out, too. Tom Renz is going to put it out. He thinks it's a pretty good call. Mm -hmm. so, I want to tell the world you're a stud. Uh, <laughs> that's what he said. I'm very highly honored that he does that. He asked for permission. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to yeah. take this out. Share it. You need to call Congressman Winstrup because uh, even if you're not a constituent, uh, all you need to do is ask him to do what I just am about to suggest here. Senator Brad Winship. This is Evan. How may I help you? Hi, what's your name? Evan. Hey, Evan, how are you? Um, you're in the hey. Cincinnati office here, and I wanted to contact you. I'm a constituent. Uh, I also found out last night that Congressman Wenstrup has taken upwards of 168000 dollars from pharmaceutical companies is that is that accurate because uh i checked um was it open secrets 
it said some somewhere around that area. Um, I wouldn't be able to answer anything along that those lines on this side um, since this is our official office. Um, you are free to reach out to our campaign office. Um, they have better resources. No, this this that. isn't a this isn't a campaign issue. He's leading a committee investigating COVID, and yeah, that's he, correct. He hasn't held anybody accountable. And he's taken one hundred and sixty-eight thousand dollars from Big Pharma. So I, well, I don't. Let me, you're that's not going to. True. Excuse me. That, that's not true. We are having Dr. Fauci himself in on January eighth and ninth. Okay. Um, so we're definitely holding people accountable. Um, like I said, I'm not able to talk about you know fundraising, any sort of donations, anything along yeah, those I, lines. Yeah, I can. I can. This is what I'd like to tell you. Um, if he can return all the money, that'd be great. That way we'll make sure that there's no conflict of interest uh, because we know how Congress works. In the end, nothing gets resolved. Uh, I, uh, I, I'm down the, I'm, a couple things you need to know. I'm down the street from you, uh, right down the street. And I really, really want to get this, uh, get this result, full transparency. Uh, I'm also a reporter, I'm a broadcaster. Um, and we're putting this out uh, all over uh, independent media today, um, including this request for Congressman Wenstrup to return any money that he received from the from the medical industrial. Obviously, um, uh, be a conflict of interest. Uh, so it's not it's not a request; it's a demand. And it's okay. And like I said, you're free to reach out to our campaign office with that request. I, I don't. Can't this speak isn't, on that this on isn't a camp, this isn't a campaign thing. I, you know, I cannot speak about that in this office, sir. So I'm not going to answer you, any questions. This is, I'm not going to entertain that. This is a this is a one way conversation. I'm telling you, as a constituent, as a reporter, as a broadcaster, uh, as an American, I'm I'm telling you, take good notes, send it to Congressman Wenstrup. And uh, if it doesn't address the issue, then we'll start scheduling protests at his office um, and at his committee hearings and disclose it. I mean, is that is that is that clear? Feel free to do whatever you please. Um, but like I said, can't talk about that. I'll pass that to them. Um, and you're free to reach out to them on your own as well. Yeah, I, 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 it's not it's not out of pleasure. Trust me, I'd rather not have to do this. But uh, uh, could I get your first and last name? Evan, E-V-A-N. Yes, sir. Nash, N-A-S-H, Evan.Nash at mail.house.gov. All right. Thank you. If you can get the uh, the word up, uh, we're going to be broadcasting this uh, today, and uh, hopefully he'll be able to address the issue publicly. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. And, uh, oh, oh, that's a good one, actually, to put up on the screen, because guess what, um, ladies and gentlemen, um, Deb Jordan, lots of great deals at MyPillow.com. Mm -hmm. I think free shipping ends today or tomorrow morning. So uh, I, I hope you enjoyed that. I've got some commentary there before I get to that, though. Let me just show everybody. Look at well, what a great and uh, expensive Christmas gift. Oh yeah, six-piece towel set. Mm -hmm. Say fifty percent, twenty-nine. Two towels, two hand towels, two That's right. Pots, Go to mypillow.com. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, forward slash Pete. Promo code Pete. Do not use promo code Deb. 
Yes. Her numbers are starting to show up, and I think that that's <laughs> unacceptable. Use promo code DEB. It's not Do the Deb Santilli show, okay? <laughs> it will be soon. Yeah, check this out, too. <laughs> Look at this. Kitchen Towels at 1874. Look at that. 1874 dish mm. towels and cloth set. Uh, the nice. best They're set nice. of dish cloths in your kitchen. Uh, great gift, guys, for okay. mom. Uh, and, and your lovely bride. And your lovely bride. And your adult children. That's Listen. Right. And one thing I've learned about these towels, I got to tell you, this is true. I'm one of those people. I have oven mitts, right? And all those things. But I can never find them. They're never within my reach. My my towels are always within my reach, Pete. And they are so thick and so awesomely woven that I use them to lift pots off the stoves, take the the pot off the lid to I text you take the pot off the lid, take the lid off the pot, right? Uh, to take pans to take uh, pans out of the oven. It's they're amazing, amazing kitchen towels, really, and they're very attractive. Yep. And guess what else? Um, you can, uh, of course. Get those towels and uh, the Goose Down Comforter. That's awesome. Great price. Super high quality. And check this out. Here's another one. You ready? Mm -hmm. uh, look at the uh, Christmas special. Uh, roll and go anywhere. Pillow. Uh, pillows. $9.99 right mm -hmm. now. Free shipping, $9.99. Oh my gosh, that's go shop. excellent. Today's the day to do your shopping. Go to mypillow.com forward slash Pete. Use promo code Pete. Oh, look, and it's um, got the cute little Christmas course, pillowcase on it. Yeah, and and uh, nice. support us, support Mike Lindell. Uh, and buy your family members a great gift. All right, awesome. so so listen, uh, Congressman Wenstrup's uh, assistant says, oh, I'm going to send you to the campaign. It's about fundraising. Mm -hmm. uh, no, it's not. It's about bribery. Okay. Yeah. I when mean, you are the head, obviously. well, when you're the head of a committee that is investigating the pharmaceutical industry, mm -hmm. and then you think that that's just a a donate a campaign donation. No, it's not. Mm. Uh, they're paying you to do something, and that something, if it matches up with what you're not accomplishing, like you're not accomplishing anything, I wonder where that hundred and sixty eight thousand dollars went towards hmm. probably that i wonder probably that mm -hmm. so the best thing for him to do uh is to we got impeachment hearings coming up we're going to be covering that um you guys stay tuned we're going to cover that that's coming coming up uh it's live right now uh we'll be doing that share this video call congressman winstrup's uh office you can call him in, in Congress. You can look him up, obviously. And it's W-E-N-S-T-R-U-P. He's the head of the COVID investigation and is accomplishing nothing. Okay. <laughs> it's so true. Votes on uh, questions. Yeah, that guy needs to return the money. That's what he needs to do. Uh, remove mm -hmm. any question as to who he's working for. All right. Mm -hmm. When he has $168,000 on the table or in his pocket and he's accomplishing nothing, mm, how about you remove it uh, and then start working for the people and then start accomplishing something? So 
We got votes coming down. We'll be going to that. Uh, share this far and wide. There Amen. you go. Mm-hmm. All right, Deb Jordan. Yeah. Um, listen, I have uh, I have some important um, sponsorship notes. Of course. Uh, guess what's going to be happening tomorrow? What? Hmm? What? Dr. Peter McCullough is going to be coming on. Oh, yeah. correct. As a matter of fact, I want everybody He's to, amazing, to huh? tune in. I want everyone uh, to tune in to that broadcast, okay? Mm-hmm. Tune into that broadcast. I'm going to be having an interview with uh, Dr. Peter McCullough. Um, and you're going to hear directly from the guy that I've been talking to ever since... Uh, even before he made the decision uh, to to jump on board with the wellness company. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were friends with him back before it was trendy uh, to cancel people for saying hmm. hydroxychloroquine right. and, uh, and ivermectin. Isn't that true? It is the truth. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, but uh, check, check this out, Deb Jordan. Checking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you can get, this is one of two items, okay? Um, the medical emergency kit. And of course, uh, the wellness company offers two things that I, I think you're, you're, you're going to benefit from having it on hand. Uh, the other one is the COVID uh, emergency kit. It's the COVID emergency kit. Uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, who's going to be coming on the show tomorrow. As a matter of fact, let's uh, let's make that formal announcement in advance. I want you to tune in. Uh, we will give you notice as to when Dr. Peter McCullough is the top cardiologist, top um, uh, published peer review article, uh, doctor unmatched um, um, uh, credibility, credentials, experience. And he's never been told that he's stated something inaccurate. When he speaks, people listen, okay? Mm-hmm. So if you go to uh, the wellness company, twc.health uh, forward slash Pete, pick up your medical emergency kit, which includes, you know, drugs that let's say the supply chain seizes up. No more ibuprofen from, you know, from uh, from China or other drugs that are in there. They, they're prescribed to you. Another one is the uh, COVID emergency kit, which includes hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, uh, uh, budesonide, um, and a nebulizer in the kit. Listen to Dr. Drew Pinsky. This company and their doctors are medical professionals you can trust. And their new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin, z Rest assured, knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to help you and your family stay safe from whatever life throws at you next. That's right, and you can get that uh, medical emergency kit by going to twc.health forward slash Pete. Um, Dr. Peter McCullough is going to come on and give us an update uh, about the election variant. 
how serious he thinks it is, mm -hmm. uh, what precautions we do need to take. He's leading the charge. And also, if you've been vaccinated and you're concerned about uh, spike protein and shedding, uh, he's developed his own formulated product sold at the wellness company. Uh, it's called Spike Support. Um, you can find that at twc.health forward slash Pete. All right. Good enough. Hmm? Good job. Good job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we uh, we got uh, a little bit behind, right? Yeah. Didn't we? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was crazy this morning. I mean, the was internet was crazy. all messed up. It was just unbelievable. Hey, you know, uh, here, here's one more thing before we take off and we, we're going to cut away. Um, and then you'll be back at 4 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're going to get it. Uh, we just wanted to come and do a quick hit for you guys and be with you and. Yeah. And tell you how sorry we were, but Rumble was down this morning. Rumble went down hard this morning. And uh, we feel lucky to get back up and running. And then we had a computer. We had computer issues and routing issues. And I mean, it was just, uh, it just went on and on. Never ending, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Get one thing fixed and then something else messed up so <laughs> oh my goodness wow okay uh i want to make sure that i get everything cleared and then we'll we'll line everything up for uh for this afternoon show on uh lfa tv but deb jordan yes by golly Mm-hmm. You gotta be kidding me. Hmm? Nope, I'm not kidding. You know, you know what I want you guys to do? Um you always hear about it and you will hear about it here as we close out the show, but um uh you know, I, I wanna remind everybody, um our partnership with uh Gold Co is important. Um you can get I mean, people are really concerned about uh this coming uh, digital dollar, right? Everyone's pushing for the digital dollar. Um, could mean every penny you spend could be tracked, controlled, traced by the government. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Mm -hmm. They're also weighing in uh, on the on renewing the FISA warrant uh, uh, process as well. That's another huge thing. But um, uh, your entire life could depend on people you don't know, like, or trust. Uh, that's why smart Americans are opting out, putting some of their savings into real gold and silver. Go to goldco.com forward slash P. What I want you to do is call 855-614-1681 and get your free 2023 gold IRA kit from Rumble's new partners at goldco.com. Did you know Don Jr. Um, is also uh, advocating for Gold Co. As oh, is well. he? He is. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. that's fantastic, huh? Yeah. yeah. So, good, good. Uh, as an American citizen, um, you could score up to $10,000 in free silver just for safeguarding your savings. So, go to goldco.com forward slash Peter, call 
1681. You can follow that on the screen as we close out the show and we play that Ron Paul commercial. Um, do not, do not forget about Ron Paul. Uh, that's goldco.com forward slash P 855-614-1681. Ladies and gentlemen, we will see you guys um, this afternoon at 3.30. Uh, we'll fire the uh, locals stream up, back up, that is. Mm -hmm. And we will be off and running. Okay? We will. All right. All right. Bye, everyone. See you this afternoon. We'll see you guys. Bye. Lots everyone. of great news coming up. <laughs> We're going to have breaking news, I'm sure. Yeah. Hopefully the impeachment of Joe Biden. Yeah, that's not going to happen.